You're listening to another episode of Cassio's Cut. I'm Cassio. Pleased to meet you. Nice to know me. What's up, Candy Lickers? listening thank you thank you thank you i say that every week but i mean it every single time we set more records last week thanks everybody for checked out tony shivani i hope we picked up some new listeners and you're back again for this week's episode we appreciate it make sure you're following us on social media at cassio's cut that's on twitter that's on instagram that's on facebook Uh, i am the Casio Kid on Twitter and on Instagram, and I've got in the studio with me right now my uh, pit bull Hank Mitchell Jr. Uh, he's even got a Instagram that he does every now and then in between naps and chewing up everything in sight, so you can follow that as well. But uh, appreciate everybody, all the interaction. Love hearing your feedback. I don't care if it's good or bad. You guys, most of you that listen to this, listen to more than one podcast, so I appreciate the feedback. Let me know what you think. Let me know what you'd like to see added. Let me know if you have any ideas. Appreciate Jill's Gutro uh, from Canada, and uh, he hooked me up. And also WHW Fan Art, hi on Ryan, is on Twitter. He sent me some fan art as well. I threw those logos up. We appreciate any and all that want to send me something for the show and when I share it with everybody because we're like I say we're all in this ride together I'm excited this week to talk to another one of my best friends in this world the man the myth the legend that is Conrad Thompson uh, yes he has built a podcast empire he hosts four as of now podcast um That's currently running. He's hosted more in the past. Uh, He's created a wrestling convention empire. He started all this because he already had a mortgage company empire. He is one of the most successful men I know. He has the Midas touch. I feel like if he has an idea, we should all jump on board. And if it's a bad idea, let's all go down together because the majority of them are going to be awesome, and we're all going to be better for it at the end. It is Conrad Thompson. You know him as the host of many podcasts, like we mentioned, 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff, What Happened When with Tony Schiavone, and Something to Wrestle with, Bruce Richard. Uh, he's also got the new one, uh, Grilling with JR. And uh, me and him have been friends for many years. Uh, some of you listen to him as he calls in. To my radio show, uh, he calls in Monday through Thursday, and he joins us for the 7.45 break. So if you're ever listening in Huntsville or listening online, like I encourage you to do, you can get the app, the Rocket 95.1 app, anywhere you listen 
uh, and can get apps probably the same way you're listening to this podcast. Uh, you can check out the morning show and uh, 745 Central. Conrad joins us Monday through Thursday. We have a good time. He has a little fun with us. And then at the end of the segment, he uh, pitches his mortgage place, First Family Mortgage. And it's kind of one of one of the sides that doesn't get mentions and gets lost in the shuffle with all the fun and insight that he brings us in the wrestling world. We forget that he built this empire on the back of a mortgage company that he started. Yeah, I mean, that's actually how you met me. Uh, yes. I'm a mortgage guy here in Huntsville, Alabama, where we're recording today. And uh, I'm delighted to be on your show and uh, talk about my real passion, helping people save money. 425. Yeah, absolutely. 888-425-0105 is the number. We're licensed in 42 different states, and uh, we're continuing to add states every month. So uh, if you're listening to this and you're looking to uh, maybe get out of an apartment into a new house, hit your boy up. Uh, hey, hey, it's Conrad on Twitter. Or, of course, check us out at 1FMC.com, and that, of course, is for First Family Mortgage Company. I believe they can go with save with Casio.com, right? Oh, there you go. Yeah, I forgot that we had I mean, that. you just put me and my wife, Iguita Judy, in a house. Yeah, you know, we don't talk about that a lot, but that is my real life, and, and that's what I am really passionate about. And, you know, you've been a renter for a long time, and you're finally a homeowner, and now instead of just, you know, writing checks to pay somebody else's mortgage, you're going to own something yourself, and that's pretty exciting. I don't know a ton of super wealthy super successful renters you know i mean because i'm not saying that to be funny i know that there's this movement you know there's some guys like grant cardone who say oh you need the flexibility to you know to to move about and you need to own rental property well here's the deal if you're in your 30s and you don't own a property whether it's your primary residence or rental property you need to catch up and and it's easier than maybe people think right it's way easier than people think what would you say uh, number one thing that holds people back, like where they go, I don't know if I'm ready. I, I'm scared to get start this process. Uh, I mean, me being a licensed realtor, I think people all the time, they go, well, my credit's not what I needed to be, or I got some things I'm a little nervous of. You guys kind of take care of the whole process with them, like walk them hand through hand, basically. Yeah, I mean, credit is, is one of the big ones, and I want to circle back to that. But one of the others is people just think, oh, it's a lot of responsibility. How about this? It's not. You know, I mean, okay, you got to go replace your own light bulbs. That's different from, from if you rent. But realistically, it's not a ton more responsibility. What, what it is is a, a big advantage to you financially. One of the biggest advantages almost nobody talks about is the tax deduction. You know, when you're paying rent every month, not only are you not paying down the debt and building equity for yourself, and specifically what we're talking about is, you know, if you rented a house for five years, you know, versus if you made mortgage payments for five years, you would see real appreciation there two ways. One, in whittling down the debt, right. so you owe less than you used to. Uh, but two, your house typically appreciates every single year. And depending on, you know, what your market is and, and just what the market conditions are nationally, that can be considerable. You know, my first house, I made $100,000 on it from the time I bought it till I sold it. And that's when I realized, wow, this is real. But the big thing is at the end of the year, as a homeowner, you get a, a statement in the mail that says, hey, here's how much interest you paid. And you can write all of that mortgage interest off on your taxes, whereas you get no such statement like that if you're a renter. So let's say you're making $1,000 a month as your rent payment. At the end of the year, you know you might get a statement in the mail that says, hey, you can write off $7,000 this year. But if you had a $1,000 apartment, you're not getting that. 
So the result is realistically, did you really pay a thousand dollars a month? Yes. But when you get that seven grand back, oh, well now you owned a house and it really cost you like five grand that year. So the idea that you get to, you know, whittle down the debt and experience the appreciation. And usually even in a very soft market, it's about 3%. I mean, that it would, that would be like the lowest return in a typical circumstance, but you would see, you know, other States, like I've got a buddy in Florida, he's experienced 15% growth year over year. So you think about that, he's making money doing nothing. And then at the end of the year, it's a massive tax deduction. So it's crazy how fast it can, it can build and accumulate for you. Uh, So that's the first thing. I think it's a, a lot of responsibility, but the second thing that I think is probably a bit of a misconception is that it costs a lot of money and you've got to have this, this big down payment. And, and I know, you know, there's like an old wives tale that says, Oh, you've got to have, you know, a 700 credit score and 20% down, but that's not reality. There's still programs out there where you can get a loan with no money down. Uh, and, and one of the easiest loans to get is an FHA loan, you know, from a credit score and just overall requirement from the borrower standpoint, the FHA loan is very easy to qualify for, and it's only three and a half percent down. And it can be a gift from, you know, a family member or something like that. So if your parents or an aunt and uncle, your your grandparents, whoever wants to help you out, you know, they can do that. But for just three and a half percent down, most folks are going to qualify to get a loan. So let's circle back to credit. There is this misconception that you have to have perfect credit. Like, well, I guess the biggest misconception is you can't be late. And so lots of people say, oh, I'm late. Man, it doesn't matter if you're late. What matters is if you're 30 days late. Now, I know that sounds crazy, but that's the way your credit reporting scoring system and scoring model works. They don't know if you're a day late. They don't know if you're 10 days late. They don't know if you're 29 days late. They only know if you're 30 days late. So whatever you're going to do, if you're thinking about buying a house, buying a car, no, forget that. Don't ever be 30 days late, no matter what. I mean, that's really the takeaway. If you're never 30 days late, you're going to be good. And from a credit score manipulation standpoint, and manipulation sounds like a bad word, but in this case, it's just understanding the scoring model. The biggest factor that people miss is what we're going to call utilization of credit. So if you had a $1,000 limit on a credit card, so let's say Capital One sends you a card, and they say, hey, you've got a $1,000 limit. Your credit score takes a hit when you owe more than 10%. So if you owe $100, your credit's going to take a hit. If you owe more than 30%, it's going to take another hit. So if you owe $300, it'll take another hit, which means your score comes down even more. If you owe 70%, it takes another hit. And if you ever get to where you're at the limit, that actually hurts your score worse than being late. So I would encourage you to never go over the limit, never be at the limit. Don't get to 90, don't get to 70, don't get to 30. If you can keep all of your available credit at 9%, meaning your utilization is 9% of your overall debt. So if you had a $1,000 credit limit, like we talked about from Capital One, if you owe $90 or less, you have an optimum credit score. And if you have that consistently, you're good to go. And sometimes people don't have the right mix of credit. So they'll have like a car payment and they'll have uh, uh, no credit card debt. I'm gonna encourage you, as silly as this sounds, go get credit card. That was was my wife's problem. She had nothing. And so now it looks like you're a credit risk when really the model is not rewarding you for not going into debt. I mean, the model does not, the scoring model from the credit bureaus does not reward you for staying out of debt. You've got to have the right mix. And I found that out the hard way because I had a car payment and I had a mortgage and I used an American Express charge card. 
So there's two types of cards that American Express does. One's a credit card where you can make a minimum payment and carry a balance. And the charge card is the one where, hey, there's no limit. Go put whatever you want on it, but you owe it in a month. You got to pay it all Period. off. And that's what I'd done for, I don't know, 10 years. And I pulled my score and it was like 660. And I thought, man, that's weird. Like, I should have perfect credit. I'm never late on anything. I've never missed a payment on anything. What's going on? That's when I started to really dig in and I realized, wait a minute, I don't have the right mix of credit. I went down to my local bank, had them give me a line of credit, a small one, just $5,000. I put a tank of gas on it. And the reason I did it with that bank is I knew what day they reported to the bureaus. So they reported on the 29th of the month. So I waited and I repulled my credit on the second and I had like a 780 score. And so... Just by one line of credit. One line of credit and one tank of gas. Now, the joke is, you know, on my American Express, you know, there would be months where I would run business expenses through there. I'd have a hundred grand that month in charges and I pay it off every month. The scoring model doesn't understand that. It just understands percentages. And when you really understand that, you can sort of gamify your credit score to where you have immaculate credit. So right now in my wallet, there is a, a, a wallet full of credit cards that I owe, you know, $0 or $5 on <laughs> just because it maintains perfect That you're credit. using it. Yeah. So people don't understand credit and they think, you know, well, I've got medical collections that will not keep you from getting a mortgage. Well, I was late on a house payment two years ago that will not keep you from getting a mortgage. Well, I, you know, I, I was late on a car payment that will not keep you from getting a mortgage. We routinely help people who are just two years outside of bankruptcy get a mortgage. And, and so people assume, oh, well, that's not possible for me or I don't have the credit for that. But really, it's a lot easier than you imagine. But the first step is just sort of assess where you are and figure out what you're comfortable with. And, and a lot of times people get that process backwards, Cassio, where they go find the right house and then they say, we got to find a way to make this work. Don't do that. You're setting yourself up for disappointment. What you should do first is finish this sentence. I want my new house payment to be no more than blank. Right. You know what you're comfortable with. Then go talk to a mortgage guy. And, and I, I qualify. I'd be happy to help you with that. <laughs> and then say, hey, man, we want to spend $1,400 a month or whatever the amount is. And then from there, you can go find the perfect house that fits that budget. But sometimes it's overwhelming of, well, I mean, I know I want to be in this school district and I know I need this many you know, bedrooms and baths, but what price point do I qualify for? And so what people got into is they would go to the bank and they would say, hey, what's the most I qualify for? That's a dangerous statement to me. I mean, you're saying, hey, man, uh, how can you make me broke? <laughs> I, want the mo I want to be in as much debt as I can barely qualify for. We did the same thing. We, we asked uh, somebody at your office that was yeah. helping us, Diane, great. And, hey, what do we qualify for? And she, she told us. Well, then, I, then later she goes, do you want to know how much that payment is, though? And See, I was like, that's important. Well, I didn't even think about that. So then she runs the numbers. I'm like, well, don't, don't ever tell us what we qualify for again. So, Just tell us what the payment's going to be. And, and that's, that's what people are comfortable with. You know, when you go shopping for, you know, an apartment, you don't know what the building costs. Right. You know what the payment is. What and do so, I owe you every month? What do I owe you every month? And can I make that work with my budget? And you know what that threshold is. So I would encourage you to think about the payment first and then work backwards. And then once you have that in mind, I think, you know, everything else sort of falls into place. And I heard you jokingly tell our friend Jimbo, how fast are they going to kick you out of your apartment compared to how fast they're going to kick you out of your house? 
Yeah, I mean, no, <laughs> realistically, that is worth mentioning. I mean, you get kicked out of your apartment if you miss one payment. Yeah. You know, whereas with your mortgage, the foreclosure <laughs> process starts after three or four months. But here's the other thing that I really like about, and you're going to experience this because you got a good deal in your house. Eventually, when you have enough equity in your house, you can go get a home equity line of credit. And what's great about a home equity line of credit is you only owe money based on what you borrow. So if you got a $50,000 line of credit, but you didn't use it, it's like a credit card. You don't owe anything. But if you needed the money, you've got access to $50,000. And oh, by the way, it's tax deductible because it's mortgage attached. It's, it's real estate attached. So it would be a much cheaper rate than say, you know, Capital One or Discover, American Express would give you on a credit card. But at the same time, you also get the tax deduction. And the reason I recommend getting a home equity line of credit and this is just sort of the cosmic joke of life. When you really need money, nobody will lend it to you. Meaning, if you get laid off from your job, well, damn, now I need some money. Nobody's going to loan you any money if you don't have a way to repay it. Right. So we're going to say, well, bring me your most recent pay stub. Well, I'm not working right now. Well, thanks for coming by, but we're not giving you money. <laughs> right. But if you go ahead and you get that line of credit in place while things are good, it's almost like a seatbelt. You know? It's nice to have. You hope you never need it. But if you do... Boy, that comes in handy. So, so I, I got my mortgage last month. Can I go ahead and do that? Or? You could, but it's <laughs> going to be based on you know what your house is worth versus what you paid down. But you could probably get a home equity line of credit for what you paid down back. But you suggest how uh, realistically wait a, wait a year and check on it, and then get a home equity line of credit. Now, if you're putting down a big down payment, then I would encourage you to go ahead and get it right then. It's just nice to have it when you need it. And if you've done a really good job saving, and I hope everyone listening to this has uh, what we like to call reserves. And so I guess I should mention that, but before you go buy a house, you should have three or four or five, maybe six months reserves. Now, I mean, I would encourage you to have a year's worth, but three months I would think would be a minimum. Now that's not going to be required to get a loan, but just for peace of mind, meaning Hey man, if my wife is hurt at work and can't work for a while, or she's in a car wreck, or you know, uh, I lose a finger down at the mill, whatever, right? I'm gonna be able to, you know, take off work and recover and figure something out. If my, if I have an aunt or an uncle or a mom or a dad who gets sick, and I need to miss some work to go be with them, well, I'll be able to afford to do that. Nobody wants to be house poor, so like the game of life here is to, you know not have to stress out about money. And the way to do that, number one, is just don't overspend, which seems silly. And then and then two, save a little bit. It doesn't have to be a ton. And I know there's a lot of hardcore savers out there who say, I save 20% of my check every week before I do anything else. Good for you. That's not common. But if you've got, you know, a little bit of a cushion, then you can coast through that first year home ownership, go get yourself a home equity line of credit. And then if life throws you a curveball, you're ready. Well, dude, this is the uh, this is the knowledge that you built the four two five first family mortgage empire on, which was so successful that you had time to start the podcast business, and uh, so uh, and we thank you for that because that's how we all know you now. Well, not so, you. You still know me as the mortgage guy, and, uh, but we do have listeners, you know, all over the world uh, who are listening, hopefully, to this and, and are learning a little bit about mortgages and credit and you know, the way all of that works, because I mean, that's, that's really what I enjoy doing most of all. Well, I appreciate it. We are in the middle of the day and I know how slammed you are. You've got your own pods to do. You're actually going back to the office now. So thank you, man. I appreciate it. Everybody's been wanting you on the pod and uh, we better stop before we get embarrassed. 
Well, there you go. Uh, if you're looking to buy a house, hit us up, 1FMC.com. Maybe you've got credit card debt. We'd love to help you with that too. Or do a little remodeling. Right now there's an inventory shortage almost nationwide. So if you can't find the perfect house, maybe what you can do is look for the worst house on the best street. And we can get you the cash you need to customize it, make it exactly like you like it. And now you've got something that actually has real equity from day one. So check it out, 1FMC.com. Or as always, you can hit me on Twitter at Hey, hey it's Conrad. And that's toll free anywhere in the United States, 888-425-0105. Hey, what's up? Tony Schiavone here. Conrad Thompson and I are taking What Happened When Live to St. Louis and Baltimore. Yes, sir. If you're a fan of our podcast, then I promise you, you'll love us live. We're coming to St. Louis Saturday, June 22nd at 730. That's coming up very soon. Saturday, June 22nd at 730. We'll be in St. Louis at Off-Broadway, located at 3509 Lemp Avenue. Doors were open at 7 o'clock, but of course, you can get in early if you get a VIP ticket. Get your tickets now for St. Louis at this website, TonyandConradLive.com. Again, TonyandConradLive, one word, dot com. The very next day, we'll be in Baltimore at Jimmy's Famous Seafood. That'll be Sunday, June 23rd. We'll start at 1 o'clock there. Jimmy's Famous Seafood is at 6526 Holliburn Avenue. And, of course, if you live in the Baltimore area, then you know where that is. Tickets for the Baltimore show on the 23rd available by going to this website, whathappenedwhenlive.com. Whathappenedwhenlive.com. Whathappenedwhenlive being one word. There are VIP and general admission tickets available to both shows, so make sure you get on board. What Happened When Live, Saturday, June 22nd at 7.30 in St. Louis at Off-Broadway, then at 1 o'clock, Sunday, June 23rd in Baltimore at Jimmy's Famous Seafood. If you get a VIP ticket for either show, it includes a meet and greet with photo ops. St. Louis, go to TonyandConradLive.com. Baltimore, go to WhatHappenedWhenLive.com, and we'll see you for What Happened When... And we'll see you for What Happened When? The weekend of Saturday, June 22nd and Sunday, June 23rd. Our special guest, the one and only Casio Kid. So don't be a slapdick and miss out. We'll see you then. So what's up, slapdick? Are we not going to talk about wrestling at all? I mean, what's up, candy liquors? I mean, so uh, we're, right. we're just going to do mortgages? or no, we're, back. Are we gonna... we're back. Okay. We're serious now. Uh... First things first, I think I get asked a lot. We we have not known each other since childhood. No, I think a lot of people assume that we grew up together, but you're actually a couple years older than me and uh, grew up in a different part of the state than I did. But we did meet, I guess, in 2011. It's got to be close. I was going to say eight years. Yeah, I think 2011, uh, we have a mutual friend, Cole Kublik, who was smashing it on Jocks FM in Birmingham. And you've probably seen him on the SEC Network or ESPN and uh, we knew he was a big deal before everybody else knew he was yeah. a big deal. And you guys had uh, the funniest morning show in the history of Huntsville, Kublik and the Kid. Thank and, you. And at the time, uh, our other great close personal friend, Fish, was hosting Rocket 95.1. Yes. And then through the musical chairs that is local radio, <laughs> uh, Fish winds up at an easy listening station going from basically being our version of Huntsville's Howard Stern right. uh, to now – Next up, John Mayer, your body is a wonderland uh, in the afternoon. And you find yourself out of Sports Talk Radio and in his old chair at Rocket 95.1. Which has his chair, by the way, has some weird stains on it uh, that I'm not going to ask him about. But you know, he, he had some wild guests in there. Here's what y'all have in common, though. When he, <laughs> when he was in that spot, it was, 
it was the the top morning show most listened to <laughs> you know every now and then maybe every other book but pretty consistently every book for more than five years now you're the number one morning show in the land we've had a good run uh and me and you met through the radio because realistically you were pimping the mortgage company still do and uh that's how we met and just started hanging we didn't so it's been only eight years it hasn't been 50 and we didn't go to school together and no everybody thinks that and what's great is i think um both you and i we were only hanging with each other because we wanted to hang with Cole and that other guy just happened to be there. <laughs> and, and then, and then Cole messed around and got married and moved to Decatur, AKA Afghanistan of North <laughs> right, Alabama. I'd say think of everybody's got that town that realistically is close. When you, when you, every time you drive there, you're like, man, that didn't take as long as I thought. But realistically, nobody ever goes there to visit. Because you've built it up in your mind to where it feels like the <laughs> other end of Earth. But then when you actually make the trek, it's, it's not that bad. Well, that was his life. And then um, eventually he got the gig in Birmingham. And now he's hours away from us. Yeah. And uh, since he's been down there, he's cranking out not one but two babies. So realistically, we see Cole. Instead of seeing Cole five days a week like we used to, we see him less than five days a year. Somehow his life got a little bit better when he got away from us. <laughs> you know, I'm not. I'm going to challenge that. <laughs> I'm going to challenge that. Wait, more normal? His life got more normal. Well, you know, you and I. His as, gig as, got better. As we look in my backyard, uh, we know that um, <laughs> things not being normal can become the new normal. <laughs> and we have had some not so normal times in this space. That is correct. So, uh, Cole Kublik, if you. If you haven't caught up on the podcast, if you're just joining in uh, for Conrad's episode, which I'm sure a bunch of you are, go back in the archives. This very short archives. He uh, he is in there. He he caused a lot of problems when he discussed sport or not a sport, and then the Mount Rushmore of Little Debbie cakes. We caused a lot of controversy. I'll see. Now I'll be honest. Between my four thousand podcasts, I haven't had a chance to listen. Sure, so I'm going to. I just need to have a plane trip in my life right. in order to catch it up. But I'm curious, uh, did you guys settle the debate about the Mount Rushmore of, of Little Debbie Cakes? Because I've got I've got two that are Hall of Famers right away, and I'm curious if they're on the Mount Rushmore. Uh, we, Me and him differ a little bit because and, – and, you know, you've seen me and him get in this argument just a little bit before because he thinks – he has a passion for the Christmas tree cakes. Yes. He thinks they're not just zebra cakes with sprinkles on them. Right. Uh, so he gets he gets really heated about that. Uh, the question mark, what's surprising with him is he's not a big fan of the Nutty Buddy. Uh, I could get that. To me, a Nutty Buddy is like an old man food <laughs> because my, my, my dad ate it, still does. My grandfather ate it. It's I just associate it. With middle-aged and older men. I don't remember kids being like, oh, my God, Nutty Buddy. It was like, oh, well, there is Nutty Buddy. There's something. Like well, I think I was all on them, but now that you mentioned it, I think it was because my grandfather had him. Of course, it's, it's an old man one. And, you know, another old man one, and this is when I knew I was getting older. Because as a kid, I was like, this, these are the worst little baby cakes. But then you get a little older, and you're like, man, I kind of own to something here. Nick Saban's favorite, the oatmeal, oatmeal cream, pie. cream pie. It was that's, on there. That's an old man one. That's on the Mount Rushmore? Yeah. Okay, yeah. what are the other three? Uh, it was oatmeal cream pie was definitely on there, and I think Nutty Buddy was definitely. People got heated. We left the Star Crunch off. I, mean, I think it's trash. 
I, I don't think it's trash, but I, I don't put it on the Mount Rushmore. Um, I still haven't heard the two that matter. I said Swiss cake roll. That's up there. <laughs> Anybody who says differently is wrong. That's that that is the Roman Reigns of Little Debbie Cakes. <laughs> See, uh, Cole not high on the Swiss cake. Well, roll. he's fucking stupid. All right, now, now here's why. All right, you can unroll that motherfucker, or you can eat it. Well, you go advanced and unroll. If, if you eat as many goddamn Swiss cake rolls as I have, you're going to try to get inventive on just what all can we do with this bitch. Okay. Rolling it out, money. All right. And then what's your fourth? You're going to laugh. Okay. The fudge round. The fudge round. The fudge round. We brought round. the fudge round up. I do I do think it's consistent. It is. I don't think everybody's in it. Everybody, anybody's went in and went, I didn't like the fudge round. To me, it's just not in my Hall of Fame. Swiss cake roll is number one. And anybody who says different is wrong, but <laughs> the fudge round should be in contention. I mean, look at what it is. How are you going to get that wrong? Now, I'll tell you something that's not technically a Little Debbie cake, but should be in, even if it is the Little Debbie Hall of Fame. And that's the gimmick. I don't even remember exactly what they're called, but it's got, it looks like a cupcake. It's got cream filling in the middle. It's got fudge on the top, and it looks like laces on a football sure. on the top. That motherfucker there. Is that considered the ding dong? I don't think so. I think a ding dong is like, um, uh, it's just, it's got a coating all the way around. It's just round. It's just around. Yeah. Not the snowballs. The snowballs no, are garbage. No, fuck a snowball. Snowballs and peeps are just a waste of life. I hate peeps. Nobody likes peeps. I hate peeps. I'll tell you this. If you like, if you're listening to this and you like peeps, you should do us all a favor and never procreate. <laughs> Cause there's enough of you stupid motherfuckers running around. <laughs> Dude, that somebody who's like, man, you know what I want? Peep. Like I saw the other day, they had. I'm sorry, on Easter, I guess, but the grocery store had peep flavored like coffee creamer. Coffee creamer. And I thought, let me just tell you, if you buy this, you have dead bodies in your freezer in the garage. You were 100% the real life Dexter. You're a <laughs> fucking serial killer if you intentionally want the peep flavor. Intentional, nobody intentionally wants it. No. I saw Dill Pickle flavored one. Man, I, I, See? I, I don't even know what to say about that. Hmm? That's that's horrible. That's that's in the book of bad ideas. It's it's way up there. Um so all right, we so we go back and listen to Cole Kubelik if you're just joining us for Conrad. We get in a heated debate about that. Because I get on to him. I, we joke about how every every holiday they make not the Christmas tree cake, but, but they make, yeah, you know, it's the it's fall the fingerling tree. and the, you know, the Easter egg confetti. and. Can I tell you something that I just realized as we're talking about this? I don't even know how this happened to me. It's been more than five years since I've had a little Debbie cake of any sort. Really? Yeah, like. Yeah, but you like candy and snacks. No, no, I'm not. Listen, we're looking at uh, nothing bunt cake, bunt teenies. Oh, is that what that is? Us. Yeah. <laughs> but I, so I'm, I'm down to clown, but I'm just saying I don't, as you know. I don't go to the grocery store <laughs> unless I am forced to. And I find myself in spots where that shit just can't be avoided. I got to go. But I don't, I don't make it my – I got shit to do, all right? I got 500 <laughs> jobs. I ain't going to the grocery store. And so, as a result, it, it just doesn't make I a list. I would love to see you walking around the grocery store. It's happened. Now, I'll tell you the reason it happens usually is I'll be called in to, uh, to grill. So, okay. so like the wife will take care of the cooking or at least ordering. Um, <laughs> but when it's time to grill, she wants me to do it. And she thinks I pick out better meat and she's right. Cause you're uh, cooking it. I'm cooking it. I know what's up. I'm going to take care of it. So 
I'll go in and knock that out. And then while I'm there and I've been, I've been sent on a mission just to get the meat, you know, that fucking text message is coming. Hey, while you're there, yeah, get this or that. Right. And I'm just wandering around looking at shit. Like, I don't even know. See, that's, that's when you know you're out of your element. All right. So like me wandering around a gym, I don't know what half of those fucking machines are. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even know how you use that. <laughs> And it's sort of like that with me in the grocery store, which you wouldn't think since I'm a big old fat motherfucker, you would think, oh, this dude knows. Yeah, but you don't know the layout. No, like I don't know what half the shit is either. <laughs> you just know the end game. Like you I don't know ingredients and where they're laid out. And we're going to put these all together. Put a gun to my head. I don't know what the fuck Greek yogurt is. <laughs> now I know I got a shit ton of it because my mother-in-law's with me. I opened the fridge the other day. Great. It's fucking Greek yogurt wall to wall. That's uh, I read up on it on Wikipedia. It's yogurt that they make from Greece. Okay, cool. I think you can put nuts in the top of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, you what's cool is you've seen this. Uh, we'll call it maturation process in me, where, you know, you you and I were were good friends in eleven, a little better in twelve, a little better in thirteen, but then in fourteen I had a life change, hmm. and so uh, I I became a bachelor, <laughs> and. I've got this big old house and it's just me and I decide let's invite some people over. Sure. So we, we lovingly refer to it as the summer of rad. Yes. Where I made it my mission to, um, well, hit a different bar every day. Dive right. bars. I was about to say when you, during the summer. when you say invite people over, it wasn't every weekend. It was every day. It was daily. So Monday night you had Monday night football. Yeah. Uh, Tuesday night we called it uh, family dinner. And we would, uh, girls were welcome at that yep. one. So you could bring your girlfriends and do Mainly because they could cook. And then you and I would go do what we call Two Chains Tuesday after. Correct. Which is where we would go to the shoe show on a Tuesday. And we would demand that we're only tipping if you play, if you play Two Chains. Titty boys equals tip, son. Yes. And then on um, Wednesday, oh, we, we would go d- uh, downtown. Wednesday was downtown. Thursday was a uh, football game. Again, yeah. college football or Friday football. night, sort of self-explanatory. We're going to tear it down. Freaky Friday. Uh, Saturday, it's uh, full football all day. Sunday, same thing. So we'd slide a poker game in there, but it was always based here. So I'll never forget there was a time you and I came downtown. Okay, let me back it up. <laughs> I am dating a girl, uh, a, a very lovely young lady. Yeah. Um, who's 21 and she has uh, friends who are also her age. And so we find ourselves trying to entertain some of my friends hanging out with her friends type of deal. And, uh, we went to a widespread panic concert. We did, which is not something I ever thought I would do. Me neither. And much less with us both together with with me with you. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's not my jam. No. And we got, we had great seats. Or so I hear. Because as soon as I got in there, I counted like to 10 Mississippi and then sent you a text and said, hey, we're fucking going. <laughs> and you said, what do you mean? I just got this giant Coke. And I was like, well, drink up, motherfucker. I'm coming to your section to well, get here, you. Here's the problem. Let's clarify on the drink. Because this is going to set up whatever you're about to uh, throw out there. I, I went to the bar and I thought, if I'm going to sit through watch for Panic Show. For three hours. I, I need to be inebriated. Okay. Sure. Sure. And at the time, our drink is Crown Royal. Yes. So I go to Turn. the bar and I said, I need, how many drinks can I have? 
And the Which is an important question because if you play pro, you want to know what the limit is. <laughs> you and I discovered that when we were going to fights in Las Vegas where if you get this size drink, they'll give you two shots. Yes. But if you get that size drink, they'll give you four shots. But if you get this size drink, we'll give you six. Yes. So you can get six shots in your large-ass diet soda, which means you're good to go. She announced four. Okay. And then she said, by the way, your limit per person is two drinks. So I technically had eight shots. You got it. Well, literally, as I got back to my seat, they're still on the first song, 15 minutes in, of course. You said, it's time to go. I'm done. And, and I said, I just got two of these drinks. And you were like, it doesn't matter. Do you want to leave or not? Yes. Would you like to go with me? Because the car you came in is leaving <laughs> right. right now. Yeah. Now, it's important to recognize we're leaving the girls here. Yeah. We're not cross. We're not upset. We're not angry. They knew There's we no, were leaving. But hey, you girls have fun. Stretch out in these extra seats. <laughs> Cassio and I and, and your buddy, who we may <laughs> not say his name. Uh, okay, we'll give him a nickname. Trent. We'll, call, we'll call him Rapey Eyes. <laughs> so, old Rapey Eyes, uh, <laughs> I'm like, hey, we're leaving. And you're like, who is we? And I'm like, well, me. And if you're going, you. Yeah. But I'm leaving in the car we came in right now. So... We load up and we go to Outback. And at this point, you didn't want to waste it because you've, some of our listeners know, like, you know, Crown Royal costs whatever it costs. But when you go to like a, a concert, they're going to mark that shit way up. And now I've got times eight. So if you, that's right. So if it's an $8 shot, yeah. now you've got $70 worth of drinks <laughs> pulsing through your system. This was supposed to last you three hours. It lasted seven minutes. Not through the first widespread panic song. <laughs> Yeah. And and now we're out of there. So we go to Outback, <laughs> and we mind you, it's seven p.m. Like I want very people early. to realize it's dinner time. It's early on a weekday, but somehow we get we get seated at Outback. Uh, the hostess was a listener to the show, knew you, knew me, and thought that old Rapey Eyes <laughs> was your co-host, and I went with it, which makes me a bad person. And then we get seated, uh. and um, this lady. Asks us, oh, y'all, like y'all are here to party. Uh, what have y'all been into tonight? And Cassio slurringly tells her that we just left the widespread panic concert. And she said, oh, I would have had fun with y'all back in the day. And that's all we needed. <laughs> yeah, that, she was letting us know she was on the team. That was a steel sign right there. <laughs> and you're like, oh, well, let's see what we can do here. And you said something like, oh, I bet you still could. And she said, yeah, but I used to. And she pulls out, everybody knows these little binders that, you know, uh, a server would have where they keep all their receipts and the order book and all that. Sometimes they drop your check off in it. Yes. But they keep it as their go-to book. They write all their notes, take your yeah. order, the whole deal. Well, she reaches into this thing and pulls out what looks like a glamour shot of her in a bikini. Correct. And you can from tell from the haircut and the cut of the bottoms of her high, high hip. High hip. Like, there's nothing touching the hip. It's over the <laughs> hip. It's all the way over. You see we're, the hip bone, and then the thing goes wide. We're in the kidneys, all right? <laughs> and so we're like, holy shit. Now, I know the trick. You flip the thing over, and it tells you when the picture was <laughs> yeah. done. 1997. So we're in 2014. She's carrying around a bikini picture of her in the Outback Steakhouse. Because that means she drops that knowledge on multiple people. Before. That's her move to get tips. Yeah. 
That's her move. Look at me back in the day. Yeah. She thinks, hey, I used to make more money when I was younger and or better looking. What she perceived as better looking. Right. If I put that out there, maybe that'll do better for me. Whatever. That's the rationale. That's the line of thinking. So fast forward. We're drinking, fellowshipping, enjoying our food. And people should know, slowly, well, not slowly. At some point, all eight shots hit me at the same time because I drank them at the same time. And now you're drinking at dinner. Yeah. Normally, you would pace eight shots out an extended amount of time. But you did it right together. I mean, seven minutes. Just yes. take it. As we say, take it to the head. <laughs> and then Cassia says, so, hey, what time do you get off? <laughs> and she says, excuse me? And he says, well, you I mean, you said you liked to party back in the day. You know, what are you doing tonight? Why don't you come hang out with us? And she said, oh, I don't know if I can. And then Cassio says, and this is his go-to, have you ever swam in an infinity pool? And that's when I put my head down like, motherfucker, this is not going to be good. <laughs> well, and, the, and, and then when she says, no, what's that? And you pull out your phone and show her pictures from the backyard. Yes. And then you say, what's your favorite alcoholic beverage? <laughs> what kind of liquor do you like? And she says, I like vodka. And you said, I got a whole wall of vodka. <laughs> By the way, if people can't pick up, I've taken over Conrad's house to her. And in fairness, especially in 2014, <laughs> I did have a wall of vodka. I've got a little yeah. bar in my basement and I've got a little outdoor bar. And between them both, I probably had 60 flavors. Yes. Like Literally every that, flavor. That's when the vodka craze really hit. Yeah. You could get cherry. You could get orange. You could get chocolate. You could get whipped. I mean, like, whatever well, you want. And any female, whether they were with a guy or somebody coming over to visit, wanted a flavored vodka. So you went, well, give me all of them then. So you and I, or actually uh, Clint from Hershey and I, would make a trip once a week to the liquor store and restock. And every week, <laughs> wherever we went thought god damn y'all are having one hellacious party uh what's the occasion and clint's like tuesday you know it's fucking there's gonna be 60 strangers in the basement hanging out they survived last night so they're gonna celebrate and do it again now what's funny about this is i had zero of the flavored vodka ever i mean although right now in my bar there's 70 bottles i, I drink one yeah now I drink vodka, but back then it was just the Crown Royal Reserve. You didn't even look at that side of the bar. No, I I knew I had I knew those empty spots, and so what I would do is I would take a picture, and then when it was missing, I'd be I'd text Clint. I'd be like, "Hey, well, we're down an apple, we're down a watermelon," <laughs> and he'd knock it out. And so then this house I bought, it's got this wine cellar. Fuck, I don't drink wine. No. So I have whatever wine somebody gifted me, but the rest of it was just like backup liquor bottles. So. Anyway, Cassio hits her with, you ever swim in an infinity pool? And um, I got a whole wall wall of vodka. And then she says, well, I don't know. Let me think about it. And then you decided to level it up. Well, she left and we thought, if she comes back and is still tempted, it's game on. Right. Well, she did. Well, and we also should remind everybody that in my head from all the shots. It's midnight. It's 1 o'clock. On a Saturday, yeah. It's it's not 8.30. Right, on a Thursday. Well, it was a Friday night. Was it a Friday? But it's 8.30. Families. Yeah, people are, you know, it's, hey, we got paid. Let's take the family out for the Outback special. Yeah. Let's get a blooming onion. Like you should. Yeah. And we're loud and rowdy. We're in party mode. One of us more than the others, but yes. <laughs> 
And when she comes back and she makes her way back over and you feel like, oh, this is my chance. She heard my pool pitch. She mm -hmm. hold my vodka wall pitch. And now she's back. I'm going to hit her with the clothes, fellas. Here I go. <laughs> you want to tell them? And y'all never shut me down. No. Y'all are loving it. I'm encouraging it. Yeah. Huge. You, when she left, y'all were going, you're making progress. You should really keep going. I'm like, man, can you imagine dipping her in that pool tonight? <laughs> Boy, you're going to have a good time. This is going to be great. Which one of them bedrooms and, are you and taking? By, and by that time, in my head, all I saw was the glamour shot. That's who she was. I'm sure my my <laughs> trying to calm you down was something like, man, I bet she gets off at 10, and we can go home, get the edge pump on, get get uh, get that back bedroom set up before you turn it on channel 599. <laughs> man, you're going to be good to go. And so you start, yeah, yeah. I can see you pumping yourself up. How I get to the line because I know the delivery. I know the line. Did she start the line? Uh, no. Like, how did I get? I know the I know the home run. I, sure. know, I know the swing for the fences. Sure. I know the math problem. I have. You just. With. I mean, you. I think you just went back into recap mode. Okay. So let's be clear. Right now, we got an infinity pool. We got a wall of vodka. And. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Did I just go straight in? You went straight in, Bubba. <laughs> well, I thought I had her with some kind of question. Like, no. did she like them? She like them big or something. Did okay. I not? Okay. We'll go with that. <laughs> I don't remember, but then I cut it in half. Huh? All I remember you is. You set it up. You, you hit me. All with... I remember is. <laughs> I heard. Because I'm, I'm half-ass texting, trying to keep up. I just left my girlfriend in a concert. Yeah. So I'm still trying to like. Is it over? What's happening? I know you, you're you focused on something different. Yeah. But I'm trying to just, hey, let me make sure this is still not going sideways on me. You're still trying to get there. Yeah. And I hear the loudest smack I've heard <laughs> in public ever. <laughs> when you hit the table and yelled, I'm talking about hard dick. <laughs> Loud. So apparently the line before that was something like four inches of the hardest dick <laughs> you've ever had in your life. And I missed that, but everybody repeated it back to me. Hey, I had something where I'm going to give you four or twice. <laughs> <laughs> and then you fucking nailed the table so loud that... It was almost like out of a movie where the jukebox stops and everybody looks. <laughs> and so at that moment, we became painfully aware, hey, Bubba, it is not midnight. It's 830 <laughs> and there's families all over. And Cassio just hit the table as hard as he could and yelled, I'm talking about hard. That silverware rattle was going, empty oh. drink glasses turning over. And immediately I look at rapey eyes and said, it's time to go. <laughs> and I don't even know rapey eyes. This is the first time I met him. But I said, we got to go right now. And so then it's a matter of we got to get him out of here. And by the way, that was when she was off the team. Yeah. She jumped off the team then. Well, too. she was still working tips. She's working <laughs> for she's working an angle. She had three hours to go. And now you've you've caused the scene. Yes. I've caused the scene. And I and I get it. So I said, We gotta go. So I went from thinking we're all having a good time to, oh no, we've got to babysit Cassio now. Because he yeah. In, nor in his normal self, his normal state of mind, he would never say or do this. No, in that setting, no. Never. Like you said, also, we're, we're kind of, 
already people that are working there recognize me from the radio sure. show. We're already in a spot. Where I'm telling everybody I'm Jimbo Wood. <laughs> people are, we're claiming we're on the station. I mean, sure. it's getting, it's popping off in there. Oh, maybe that's what it was. Maybe we said that uh, JD owned the station. Yes. Our other and, friend was with us, yes. And I was Jimbo. And, and uh, He was Pat Patrick. <laughs> Ray Piaz was Pat Patrick. <laughs> Which I'll let you do another Which time. Which is a character, yeah. It's a character show. on the show. So, uh, at this point, we, we scurry Cassio out the front door, and it's on Whitesburg Drive, which is uh, not the busiest road in Huntsville, but probably top ten. Yes. And, and as soon as we're in the middle of the parking lot, Cassio stops walking and says, Guys, I got to pee. And I said, man, we're just going wherever we're going next. And he said, no, you don't understand. I got to pee like right now. And I make the executive call. Well, man, you can't go back in there. You You did. You can't go back in there. And so then you said, okay, no problem. So you decide to pee in the bushes. Now, that's something, if you grew up in the South, that's no big deal. Right. There's lots of pee, you know, bush peeing. Now, in my head, these bushes were like up to my nipples. And in your head. They weren't directly on Whitesburg Drive, right underneath the lit <laughs> outback sign. So you decide to go over and pee in the bushes. Little do you know, you are literally flashing, not very much, but enough for all of Whitesburg Drive to see <laughs> as they go by. And that's when I realize, hey, we've just got to get him wrangled in. <laughs> so then we go downtown. We pick the girls up. Yeah. We, we meet them. We take them to a bar. Uh, for some reason, we think we can just keep feeding you water and we'll be okay. If I was a better friend, I would have brought you home right then. But I'm still working my gimmick. Yeah, yeah. So I can't I can't do that. So we meet up, and she's got all of her friends now wrangled at the bar. And fast forward, uh, everybody decides as it's nearing closing time, we're all going to the Conradison to go swimming. And I, by the way, people should know, I didn't even participate in the bar. I sat there with the water. You did. And, and we, we get the body back to my house. I hear a thud. And it's a thud that I've never heard before. But it's different from the one I heard a little earlier. With, not the table. Slide. It's not I'm talking about hard. But somebody fell hard. <laughs> and I look down and I realize Cassio has fallen down the stairs. A lot of them. And the majority of them. It's probably seven, eight, nine. Well, it's I mean, not like 100. Okay, but it was hardwood stairs, yes. not carpeted. Bang, 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 bang. And now near the bottom, not actually at the bottom, other people who are in our car are gathered around to look, and not to help, but to point and laugh. <laughs> and that's when I realized I've done my friend a disservice here. <laughs> so I go help you, find you. <laughs> And take you <laughs> into the home theater, set you up in a recliner, and you start telling me you're hungry. And thankfully, Clint from Hershey had the little bar down here stocked. So I start bringing you little, like, snack packs, Chips Ahoy, Oreo, Oreos, potato no, chips. The Oreos were off the head hook. You, you fall in love Nutter with the butters. Oreos like crazy, and you're knocking those out. And then I come back in, and I'm like, hey, man, um, you should probably come outside. And he said, why is that? And I said, well, everybody at the bar is now here and they're in the pool. 
and you should you should just see this. You should come. <laughs> you, should, you would you would have fun. You would enjoy. And I bring you out, and when you come out, you overlook what I brought you there to see, and you start pointing to the three dudes that are there. Right. They like, brought some of them had a couple friends. Yeah. Invited a couple other over. Yeah. The dudes are in the hot tub. But the girls are in the pool. The girls are in the pool, but my first drunken sight was the dudes. So there's three dudes in the hot tub. So I thought you were pulling a rib on me. Probably 12 ladies in the pool. And right. I'm thinking, this is a target-rich environment for Cassie. <laughs> now, I, I, my girlfriend's here. I, I'm, I'm just trying to help a buddy You're out. You're pouring me to fish in a barrel. I mean, it's kind of a done deal. <laughs> and like, I see the dudes and I go. Because, see, here's, it's important. For, this is after last call. We're at, we're at 2.30 in the morning now. Yeah. And it's raining, but the girls are still wanting to be in the pool. Now, because they were at the bar, what do you reckon they didn't have on them? Not umbrellas. Bathing suits. They didn't go to the bar in their bathing suits. <laughs> so they're trying to navigate bra and panty situations in my pool. And I'm like, God damn, I have a girlfriend. Where is Cassio? Cassio needs to be out here. Somebody needs to enjoy the pool. So I come in because it's respectful. Because yeah. Even though it's my house, I'm like, I have a girlfriend. I don't need to be out there. There's shenanigans happening. <laughs> and Cassio goes out, sees three dudes, gets quarter hot about it. I pointed all three of them. They don't even, I don't even know if I met them <laughs> or not. Here's the line. You're a dude. You're a dude. You're a dude. Yeah. And then you leave. You said there's girls everywhere. And I said, you're a dude. You're a dude. And you're a dude. There's no girls. Meanwhile, it's like I'm standing in the ant bed when you don't see them. Yes. Till you back up. I didn't see any of that going on behind them. Yes. If I literally would have looked just to either side of them, I would have saw it. So you come back in and decide, I don't want anything to do with what's going on out there. I just want these fucking Oreos. <laughs> and you go to get the Oreos, but you realize that you forgot how to mark a recliner. Down goes Fraser. I've never seen somebody fall I mean, you fell into a recliner and then out of a recliner all in one fell swoop. It was Somehow the leg was out. Uh, then I was in between another recliner, face down. And while you're down there, yeah, you found Oreos that you missed earlier. Uh, they had somehow missed my mouth. And you're trying to eat them. <laughs> well, they were like it was found. It was found treasure then. I mean, I was playing with house money at that point. And then the next morning. <laughs> I got, I captured the greatest picture of you that's ever been taken. <laughs> and the quote, Conrad, I'm not sure if this is the worst moment of my life or the greatest times of my life. Yeah, the exact phrase was, I'm not sure if my life is peaking or circling the drain, but I just know I can't wait for tomorrow. <laughs> that was the summer of Rad summed up. And, and we did some version of that. Almost every day. We went. Well, you mentioned uh, we went to shoe shows a lot. We're into fashion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, Tuesday was the deal because I thought it was. Ah, it ain't cool to go on the weekend. That's when everybody goes. Right. Let's go on Tuesday. But then eventually, you know, after a big UFC or something, if we're ready to party, we'd be like, ah, let's go. And you talked me into going once when I was steadfast. I'm not going. Like, I'm absolutely, positively not going. To to try to deter me, you had on, like, sleeping shorts. Yeah, so I have on my pajamas. And house shoes. I've got on I've got on uh, shirt and, t uh, and shorts 
that are my pajamas and I've got on house shoes and we're in the basement and I said, I'm not going, I'm not going, I'm not going. And then eventually you're like, just go. And I said, I don't want to have to change. And you're like, Oh, just go like that. I said, I can go in my house shoes. And you said, yes. And I said, okay. So we went and when we got there, that's when I realized I didn't bring my wallet because I wasn't upstairs. We didn't take my car. We rode with a buddy. So we went to the shoe show with no wallet. Right. Uh, now, thankfully, we went enough. They knew us. Right. And said, hey, Connor and hey, Cassio, y'all come on in and let us in. But that was now, our first hurdle. But now that I'm in there, it's like, what can I do in here with no money? You know, usually, we're the ones scrounging off of you. So you had to scrounge off of us. So the move back then was you would walk in and they would kick somebody out of a table for us yeah. and give us the table. And then I would get like 500 ones. And then I'd say, here, guys, y'all go have fun. And he had a time. gun. I didn't have a gun. We had a dollar bill gun. Oh, okay. I was just to say. <laughs> you said, wait, who had the gun? I was going to say, I didn't I not I wasn't partaking in that. We had a dollar bill gun. Yeah, so there was a, a thing came out. It was called the cash cannon. Yeah. And somebody got me one as like a gag gift. And we let our buddy, who is a general contractor, use it. Big guy. And he was all about it. He thought it was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> but what we forgot is this guy uses nail guns every day. So we're expecting him to use the cash cannon like a cash cannon should be used to shower someone with dollar bills. Make it rain. And he instead pointed the cash cannon at the back of a girl on stage's head and pulled the trigger. Now, I thought it was over the top when he hit it like a nail gun. That, Come off! <laughs> <laughs> now that doesn't that sounds worse than it really is because it's just dollar bills. So she got a dollar bill shower that she never saw. Yeah, but still, you and I are just very uncomfortable because it looked like a scene from American Psycho <laughs> right. with yeah. Christian Miller. What the fuck are you doing? His grin and he had his arm completely outstretched. He's like, "Look how good I'm doing." <laughs> it was Sopranos. Like somebody was offing somebody. He just, yeah, he, he just whacked big pussy over here. <laughs> That's not. Matter of fact, I think that was her stage <laughs> I love you for that. Uh, so then we, uh, the one, then we proceed. One Tuesday to uh, to take care of all the preferred beverage of choice, which was the beer that evening. They only we, served beer. We drank all the Miller Lite they had. They only served beer at this place. Yes, and, and we drank all the Miller Lite. And so then they said, we're out of Miller Lite. All we've got, uh, but do you want a Bud Light or a Heineken or a Corona? And I was like, no, we're leaving. We drink Miller Lite. And he said, no, but we got the other stuff. And he and we were like, no, let, we don't drink that. Because we're just, we're just, that's what we announced. We don't drink anything but Miller Lite. And he said, just hang on. Just hang on. And we're like, no, we're leaving. We're going to the other place. I heard they got Miller Lite. Yeah. And we named the other place that we're going because we know they have Miller Lite and we know they'll play two chains. So we think, oh, we'll just go there. They went to the gas station and paid gas station prices for yeah. Miller Lite for us to stay there. The guy said, hang on, just give me five minutes. And in a few minutes, a guy, he he didn't even hide it. He came through the front door. They're still in bags. They're still in the gas station bags and just sat them on our table and said, will you please stay? You're the only one spending money on a Tuesday. And girls would ask, why won't y'all tip me? And we're like, you're not playing two chains. Yeah, and, and that was what's fun is it was a decision. They got to pick what their song was. Yeah. And so she's like, I don't like it. And I think you said, do you like getting your car payment made? <laughs> 
because your choices are simple. Go play, you know, John Michael Montgomery. <laughs> or and, keep your Civic next And not one. one person will give you $1 as you dance to Achy Breaky Heart. Or go play 2 Chains, and we're about to pay your fucking car payment. <laughs> My favorite is that someone will buck the system for one time up on the stage and realize we weren't joking. They would wait, and we would go, oh, y'all really aren't going to spend a dollar. Like, one dollar, no. y'all won't even. And we're like, no. no. We warned you. We told you what to do. We said there will be no dollars. Yeah. And they did it anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, We had some fun times at the G Show. We did. We did. Well, should we tell the one with the, uh, about the stage with the false bottom? So, <laughs> let's go back to that time where I don't have a wallet. <laughs> I'm with two friends, uh, the big contractor friend and uh, Casio. And we say, let's just make the most of it. So he has like $80 and you have like $60. So we have $140 between the three of us. We need to see how long we can make this last. We were like, should we go to the ATM? And Connor was like, no. Look, when this is gone, we'll just go home. I'm in my pajamas. Yeah. I'm in house shoes. You don't, I don't want to go anyway. And you're like, let's just have fun with this. And I don't want to be a burden. <laughs> I don't want to be like, hey man, can you go to the ATM for it? So I'm just like, well, I don't even want to go. Let's just let's just go. <laughs> so these girls know that we are the big tippers on Tuesday, and now it's Saturday night after UFC. So, hey, let's go do this other little stage over here. Not a, not a private room, but this other little stage. Okay, so we go, and I think we're going to spend our hundred and forty dollars and be done. Mm-hmm. And when we get over there. It feels like it goes forever. How big do you think the stage is? Like three five feet, feet? Five? Five feet. And it's got two little poles on it. Yes. Close and, together. And, but the poles are not like on a stage that's four feet off the ground. They're like uh, eight inches off the ground. Yeah. And then there's like a, a, an elbow rail. So you would like, so you can sort of belly up to the bar all the way around. So the girls are only like a foot off the ground. And uh, me, you, and the contractor, we start tipping dollars. <laughs> and somebody realizes, hey, the dollars just keep falling on the floor. Right. Apparently, there was a gap in the rail. And so while they were shuffling around dancing. They're kicking us the money back. And uh, me, you, and the contractor continue to tip them over and over and over with the exact <laughs> same <bills. laughs> We never said a word. We looked at each other, looked at the ground, looked at each other. For an hour and change, (laughs) we sat there with $140 and just recycled it. And when those girls were done, they both went to fetch buckets. I got a five-gallon bucket. Because in their head, (laughs) you know, they're they're going to buy a Camry for cash. They were retiring. They were retiring. They could finally finish nursing school. Oh, God. Listen to you. And... I got $140. And when she went, when she came back with the bucket, I said, we got to go. We have to go. They started looking around for money. They started scooting on and she didn't even fill up a quarter of the first bucket. Can I tell you that I think I've only been back there like <laughs> twice ever since? It's never been that, I don't know what to do. I feel bad. It's never been Now, granted, those girls did real well on us before, so I, I think it comes <laughs> out. Well I think it comes out okay, but still, I was like, guys, 
Uh, I tipped them the same $140. Well, that was $140 that they didn't have before we got there. It's I mean, it was else. a long time. They ran through the greatest hits of 2 Chains. Yeah. They ran through the greatest hits. That year was the year we went and did the Super Bowl in Vegas, right? We did. We did the Super Bowl in Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you want to say on that. Nothing. I was just wanting to clarify that it was the same year. <laughs> that was still the summer, Brad. It turned into the January, Brad. The, uh... Well, I just say there's the, a there. Look, the, the, the sapphire is legit. Let me just say. Yep, we went to the sapphire for the that was uh, a Super Bowl, uh, and their gimmick was dollar lap dances, which yeah, was a and, thing. And we had a friend with us, who, um, he thought that was for real, like you're supposed to get like they dance for a whole song and you give them a dollar. Yeah, that was it. he just literally pulled a dollar out and gave it to her. Oh, no, he was like, I'll take a song. And then I'm going to go find another one and get a song. That's, that's not the way this works, buddy. <laughs> can't really do that. He goes, well, they said lap dances are a dollar. That's when I first realized how absurd Vegas was, too, because they got all these drink specials. Like, it's like, you know, it was like dollar absolute or something, right? And so I don't want absolute. I want Crown Reserve. So the lady comes over, and she's like, how many Hanukkahs? I said a special on that. How many absolutes? And I said, none and none. Uh, I'll have a Crown Reserve and Diet. She's like, that's not on special. And I said, I don't care. I don't <laughs> want Crown Reserve and Diet. She's like, you know, Absolute's a dollar. I'm like, you know, I don't want it. <laughs> so she brought me back a Crown Reserve and Diet, and she's like, $31. I'm like, fucking what? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I tried to tell you. I said, well, goddamn, bring me 31 Absolutes after this. I will absolutely not Fuck, have any I will more crown. absolutely have an Absolute. <laughs> Holy shit. Seriously, in Alabama, two of those, you got the biggest bottle of Crown Reserve they sell. Yeah. And here, that's just that's one drink. Not a double, just one. People, people should know that when we go to Vegas, too, it's funny because we, we're opposite of everybody else. We go to bed early. Yeah, that's the fun thing. It's because you and I have had to get up so early so long for radio. You know, we, we're used to getting up here in Alabama like internally our our body won't let us sleep past six right oh, no we just chance. can't and even when we wake up at six we're a little panicked like oh we overslept <laughs> we've missed the day and um that's four out there and so you and i wake up and we think we've slept all fucking day because <laughs> it's like five or six o'clock in the morning and so you and I decide we're going to go to this breakfast place, and we go downstairs, and we realize as I'm looking it up, man, that place ain't even open yet. It's so <laughs> early. We're we're o- we're open early before the damn breakfast place is open, and we realize quickly that everybody else in the casino is still up. They never went to bed. <laughs> we're the only ones that just woke up. And this, uh, we start drinking screwdrivers. <laughs> And before our friends, who are normal humans, who don't have right. r- morning radio duties. They partied late. They did their whole deal. Uh, before they ever wake up, we're drunk as Cooter Brown. <laughs> and, we Wait, ha- and they didn't even wake up that late. We <laughs> have befriended this scraggler lady who sat down next to us. And she uh, came, flew to Las Vegas for a Santana concert. Yes. Which I can't believe is a thing. House of Blues. But, I mean, who does that? Fly to Las Vegas for Santana. This girl, I Wisconsin? Guess. 
I think she's Wisconsin. Yes, somewhere in the Midwest like that, because she definitely had that accent. Yeah. Um, and so she's mad at the guy she came with. It's not her boyfriend. It's some guy who's trying to impress her. And She and, claims he's not trying to get with her. But we know if you fly a girl to Las Vegas. Buy her Santana ticket. And y'all are in the same room. Uh, yes. He has intentions. Yeah. And And she's telling us how she didn't have any intentions. In fact... She didn't even shave. <laughs> and that is when you and I immediately turn into Ab, uh, Vodka O.J. Howard Stern and said, didn't shave what? And then she explains. And so then either you or I were like, runway, upside down Dorito, Hitler stash. What are we doing? And she had no problem not only explaining, but offered to show us. Yeah. And we're like, of the casino. oh, no, don't do that. Because if this stalker guy is around here, this is going to be a situation. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure it's illegal. And we were just kidding around. <laughs> she kept going. If he knew I was talking to y'all, he'd be mad. And we're like, yeah, but you don't think he's trying to get with it. Right. And you're offering to show us something. Then we're <laughs> telling you, no, if he thinks you're mad, if, if, if you think he'd be mad for talking to us, if you're trying to show us the promised land, <laughs> this going to be a situation. Just keep it in your britches. We're okay. We didn't even really want to talk to you. You sat by us. We're, we're sitting here playing video poker, drinking vodka. She Look, she needed a light, okay? Well, what's funny is I think that's when you realized, hey, man, you can drink for free if you just play. <laughs> because I'm playing and just smashing these vodkas, and you're buying them here yeah. and there. And the guy eventually just smartens you up, and he's like, you know, if you put a dollar in that machine. <laughs> just put something in. I'll just bring you these. And you're like, you're bringing them now. He's like, they won't cost money then. <laughs> I've never seen you fumble for your fucking wallet so fast. Like, well, goddamn, I put 20 in. How many drinks do I get for 20? <laughs> I'm going to stay here and flirt with her while we sit here and get free drinks. You know, we joke about, <laughs> we, we've joked about edibles on the show, Tony Schiavone or whatever, but... I've never smoked marijuana. Like, that's just not it's my good thing. good for you. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, I I grew up um, with parents who smoked. I guess maybe that turned me off of just cigarette smoke. Smoking but, cigarettes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but just smoke in general. So, like, I don't smoke cigars. I don't smoke cigarettes. I don't smoke marijuana. I just, I don't smoke. And uh, I've never done any of these other weird drugs. So, like, when somebody's like, are they on drugs? I'm like, fuck, I wouldn't know. I don't know what that <laughs> looks like. I don't know. But then, of course, the first time, you know, marijuana was legal in Las Vegas when we went, we found out that edibles and I get along just fine. <laughs> so uh, one of the best times of Summer of Rad is when Auburn played on a Thursday night. I think they played Kent State. Okay. I don't remember if it was Kent State, but they played some scrub team. Okay. And uh, it was right after Jameis Winston had just gotten in trouble for saying <laughs> F or right in the P. And so, uh, you and a friend of ours decided it would be funny to troll the former station you used to work at mm -hmm. and have a friend of mine, a lady friend of mine, call in and talk about the Jameis situation and then yell what he yelled right. live on the air. And Effort right in the P. Effort right in the P. It was, it was the quote. But, I mean... Say it all the way. Yeah. Why are we? It's, My it's favorite podcast. Is Fuck it right in the pussy. What are we? 
<laughs> not on the radio. I'm so used to doing radio story. <laughs> so, um, my favorite is that she, though, had no concept of it. She didn't know. He said, What now? Yeah. And then she was like, Why did he yell that? Well, nobody knows. Yeah, well, nobody knows. It's just that's what he did. <laughs> that's why he's in trouble. Because you can't yell that. I mean, I guess you can, but. So anyway, uh, after that, we start watching the game, and then as the game starts to wind down, it gets real lopsided. Uh, one thing leads to another, and then she starts dancing by the pool. And uh, she's got her bikini on and enjoying herself, and uh, she starts to put on a little bit of a show. And then I turn around to you and our other friend, and I'm like, man, that was awesome, wasn't it? And, and you guys are like, yeah. And I said, cool. Y'all need directions? <laughs> and you said, for what? And I said, to go to your fucking house. Well, you told us, the, the well, you should preface, you told us to hang out that night. Like, the plan was to hang all day. Yeah, that was the plan. The plan was to, let's finish the game, <laughs> and then we'll go downtown, drink some beer. It'd be a great time. But when she starts to put on a show, in my head, oh, this is... That was a signal for us to go. This is a steal sign, right? So we're just sitting there, you're like, you having fun? Yeah, you you just straight face. Hey, you guys cool? You need directions? We're like, where? And he goes, to your fucking house. <laughs> <laughs> what are you still doing here? I think that's the coolest way I've ever kicked somebody out of my house ever. <laughs> we, I mean, me and our buddy went, I was not even mad at it. Nope, we're out. We're good. My favorite is to hear the story later. That y'all did end up going downtown this land, and you kept asking where we were. That's true. <laughs> Why we left? Where, where are they? they? Yeah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I guess they left. I, I totally forgot the part that I kicked y'all out. <laughs> y'all went out and kept going, oh, they're here somewhere. You kept telling people we were downtown. And that made me rethink the whole um, summer of Rad a little bit. It slowly, it slowly petered off. And the back, I won't say normal, but from the summer of rat, we always say, we were like, hey, we're having a party at my house. And we're like, is it summer of rad level party or is it like a normal party? And you're like, no, a normal party. I can't get back to that level. No, it was wild. It was, especially the Halloween party that year. We did two Halloween parties um, and, and both of them were pretty nuts. But when I went into the, uh, the tanning room here, <laughs> what's great is that girl i was hanging out with brought another friend but no i mean her, her legit nickname was boner garage because <laughs> i think six of our friends just kept parking them in there <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a, like a mansion i guess i don't know but i never <laughs> it was like a mansion I don't know what the deal was. I just know that when it was like, man, because what's funny is you and I <laughs> convinced our contractor friend that he definitely had chlamydia. <laughs> and from then we, we, we brought up oh, from owner garage and we, and we brought up all these character witnesses <laughs> and then he went and got checked. And of course he's fine, but, uh, we had him, I was feeling kind of sick. It was just great that he had convinced himself that he had chlamydia. Yeah. Uh, that's what I said. We 
<laughs> There's a lot of circumstances have changed since then. Dude, my life is just unrecognizable. You know, my mother-in-law's here now, and uh, there are kids here now, and I'm married now, and I literally tape a podcast every day. So, like, I go do a full mortgage day. Yeah. And then do basically a full podcast day, and I somehow fit it all in. So the idea of us doing any of that. No way. No. Like, I remember uh, for my 30th birthday, you and Cole had a pallet of Miller Lite delivered. Yeah, we had to go to the distributor to get it. And they, they backed the truck around my back driveway. <laughs> and for my 30th birthday, I had an entire pallet. 30 cases. Of Miller Lite. And, uh, I mean, it didn't make it a month. Oh, no. It was gone. No, they didn't even get the expiration date on it. But right now... If you go in my garage fridge, and Corey Ryan Forster can attest to this, <laughs> there's beer in there from three years ago. He drank it. Yeah. He, he drank it. He drank it in 2018, and it said 2015 on the bottom. <laughs> and he's like, man, this is this is like I don't, this is a science project. I mean, let's see what happens to me if I drink this. Because I just don't have time anymore. Well, it's, it's all the podcasts. Yeah. Um, so you told me you had a big announcement. Is this where you... Have a huge announcement about one of the podcasts. Yeah, I'm dumb enough to do a fifth one. <laughs> so Mondays, I think everybody knows, we do um, 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff. On Wednesdays, we do What Happened When with Tony Schiavone. On Thursdays, we do Grillin' JR with Jim Ross. On Friday, we do Something to Wrestle with Chris Pritchard. So I got so- excited uh, when I, I put on social media, what day should I do my podcast? And uh, literally... Because most of my fans are fans of you and Tony. Um, and they said Tuesday? They said Tuesday because it's the only day that Conrad does not have a podcast. And now your announcement that you just made is... I have a Tuesday podcast. And as it was somebody... It's probably with somebody that nobody's ever heard of, right? Arn Anderson. Okay. So, I guess... Starting next week, you can listen to Cassio's Cut on Sundays. No, in fairness. <laughs> I don't have a start date for Arn's show yet. I'm still in StarCast hell. And in fairness, I'll have an end date probably. By <laughs> uh, so you got, no, you, serious biz, you got Arn Anderson in the works. That's yeah, gonna be Arn Anderson has agreed to do a podcast with me, and uh, he's got a journey that's different from everybody else's. He's worked continuously. Full-time, gainfully employed in the wrestling business from 1985 to 2019, which he and I both think is probably a record. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he never had a gap in there at all. You That's know, crazy. If, if he would leave, uh, you know, when, when Crockett got bought out, he was right away a Turner employee. And then when Turner sold to the WWF, he was immediately hired by the WWF. And he never – I mean, even when you look at when he jumped ship and he left Crockett – and went to work for Vince. I mean, when he finished up with Vince, he started, you know, the next week with Turner. So there was never a gap in employment ever. So he's enjoying his downtime and, you know, he's able to um, enjoy events like StarCast. And I know he's done some webinars, not webinars, but seminars. And, um, you know, I'm sure he's going to do lots more. Uh, appearances for you know meet and greets and autographs and photo ops and things like that but we're going to get the podcast cranked up and people are going to hear Arn Anderson that we've all heard about but never seen you know Arn when he was in front of the camera was always very serious and he was very matter of fact yeah 
and he positioned himself as an ass kicker. And, you know, Flair would get up there and talk about, you know, big houses and big watches and cars. And Arn Anderson would talk to you about how he's going to kick your ass. Mm -hmm. And behind the scenes, Arn was the guy who was keeping everybody in stitches. He was the guy who had the quick wit and the humor that we've all heard about, but we never got to see because that was not his character. And Arn is another guy who's always been very reluctant to sort of break kayfabe. Even when they did a shoot interview 20 years ago, you know, he didn't give any inside information and he wrote a book where he didn't break kayfabe and that's still a struggle for him. He feels like, you know, if you go to a magic show and pay your hundred dollars to see the magician do his thing. And then at the end, he shows you how he did it. Who goes back? And I respect that, but I told him that ain't going to get it here. And what they really want is the behind the scenes travel stories. Yep. You know, we don't need to know how to make a blade. We don't need, need to know how to work a punch. We need to know what you said to Lex Luger when he got on the plane, you know, after, you know, oiling himself up at the bar <laughs> or whatever. That The wit, the stories, the, the humor, you know, well, even with JR, you know, people respect his insight and things like that and behind the scenes details, but... Man, they love just hearing about him smoking weed with Bobby Heenan. He's hilarious. And referring to it as chocolate cake. You're seeing his personality in a way that he's never shown you on his podcast when he had to, he thought he had to be a little more serious and a little more just the facts, ma'am. And when he was on TV in character, he, he didn't he didn't have an opportunity to really show you his sense of humor. But now, through Grill and JR, he's been afforded that opportunity, and I think people are sort of falling in love with JR again, just like they did with Bruce, just like they did with Tony, and I think they will with Arn. So I'm excited about it. You know, a lot of people know Arn Anderson, but they're going to get to know Marty Lundy, and uh, he's a great guy, and he's super fun, and I'm looking forward to that, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, you being our lead-in. Because <laughs> I'm, I'll make sure that I drop it right after you drop yours so you can uh, – Listen to Casio and then enjoy Arn Anderson. I'll move to Saturday. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll have bad news for you about the September 6th. Oh, no. I'm not going to give a spoiler. Come on. It's not, it's not a podcast with me on it, but it's going to be a good one. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I'm just saying. Mm. There you go. You got a little tease. What, what day? That's in September. Mm. We'll call it September. Okay. So uh, It's just after StarCast 3. Yeah, that, those things are not involved at all. <laughs> you uh, you did Starcast 2 with our great friend, Corey Ryan Forrester. Yes. He missed the first one. Yeah. He made the second one. And uh, I think that's probably the first time he met our friend Paul Janeway from St. Paul and the Broken Bones, it right? It was. Uh, how did those two get along? Those guys seem like two sides of the same coin. Both real Southern, both really into entertainment and making people laugh and you know just about their business but yes. at the same time philosophically very different <laughs> yeah, they are uh it was a fun it was a fun get together me and uh, big booty judy and uh uh paul janeway who of course is a is the lead singer of a great band saint paul and the broken bones hey if you haven't downloaded their stuff go do it today you'll thank us uh it's funny because I didn't know that that was one of your favorite bands. And I just randomly messaged you a few years ago and said, Hey man, have you heard of St. Paul and the broken bones? And you're like, 
heard hell i've been to their concert x number of times <laughs> yeah. i got three posters of theirs in my house i'm like oh shit i didn't know and and then you're like why and i said well the uh i guess the lead singer listens to the show and he invited me to come down to uh see the show and he's going to leave tickets and you know, he asked if I wanted two or four, and I told him four because I thought maybe since you and Judy like music, y'all would like it. And you're like, well, hell yeah. And we got to meet him that day, and it was the only time I've seen you sort of fanboy. Yeah. Like you've literally met you know, everybody from Ric Flair to Stone Cold Steve Austin and just so many stars in that genre. And then, of course, you know, through sports, you and I have met everybody from you know, Charles Barkley to Bo Jackson to all these you know, prolific sports stars, and you're just like, whatever, but – Paul Jane, you're like, oh my God. You know, that's music is, is a weird thing. Musicians are, everybody wants to be a musician at some point in your life. But yeah, meeting him was was super fun and we got to hang and, uh, uh, you know, watched uh, the uh, Double or Nothing together and uh, still talking to him since then. Had an absolute blast, but seeing them uh, get together, Corey, and uh, hopefully uh, Paul will be on the uh, podcast soon. But, uh, and wishing him the best. He's getting over some voice issues. He partied with us one time and almost uh, lost his voice forever. How about that? Well, I'm glad that you didn't uh, <laughs> ruin that. Yeah. He uh, he came back from Las Vegas and had his uh, emergency appendectomy. And he blamed it directly on partying with us. And I said, well, you well, you wouldn't have survived the summer of Rad then if one weekend in Vegas caused that. He wouldn't have ever uh, lasted the summer of Rad. But... Conrad, thank you, brother, for coming on. Uh, I know how busy you are. We uh, we joke about it. Team no sleep. Everybody, that's the biggest question. When do when do you sleep? Um, one to six, uh, and that's that's at best. No, one to six is the time. You know, I'm, like I'm kind of tired today. I wound up staying uh, up a little later. We had a house full of guests. You know, we had uh, Dave Flair and his wife and their two kids, and uh, my mother-in-law and her husband and the dog and our two girls and I mean we just had a house full yeah. for about 10 days and so folks were you know they were on vacation so they were wanting to stay up late and hang but I'm going to work every day so I can't really do that but I'm trying to and um then at the end of that I'm just sort of tired so this weekend I wanted to just zone out and do nothing but that's what I got to do on my pods <laughs> so that threw me off and then I wound up getting uh, hooked on this show called um when they see us have you seen that yet no. on Netflix so it's about a trial in 1989 where uh, there was a white woman raped in the park in New York, and uh, the prosecuting attorney decided she wanted to pin it on black youth okay. and just went and rounded up as many you know, black high school boys as she could and pinned it on five, just almost sort of randomly. For out of nothing. And then um, they they questioned all the kids separately from their parents and just coerced them saying, well, this guy said this and this guy said this. So they all start trying to pin it on the other one. So even though none of them were there, they're all just out of def a, a defense mechanism saying, well, I was there, but I didn't do what he did. And here's what he did. And they're literally just making it up. They're lying on each other. And as a result, you know, they all went to prison for years and it just tells their story. And then, of course, once they've been in prison for a long time, eventually the the real, you know, asshole who did that to that lady just fesses up and says, oh, yeah, I did this one, too. And then they put it together. Wait a minute. That's the one we put these kids in prison for. And they let them out. So 
it's such a crazy story and uh it's a four-part series on netflix so i got started watching it and i was just sucked in and so i, I didn't go to bed till two last night Come on, Red. i know i was i was keyed up because i had to tape a podcast with eric bischoff and wound up taping it later and then at the end of it you know it was a good show i was just sort of in the mode to watch something so i turned on one and then i couldn't stop it so i kept it going you can't be doing things like normal person like watching tv yeah, that's my bad man that's my you're bad. supposed to be working and recording at all times well here's what happened I t- here's what screwed me up i took a nap yesterday a and, nap and i love a sunday nap <laughs> but the reality is if i take it early in the day like if i do breakfast and then take a nap yeah i'm okay but if i take a nap after lunch i'm not gonna be able to go to bed on time what's a nap for you 20 minutes. Okay. You're not one of these dudes that goes to bed for an hour and goes to take a nap. No, I mean, here's That's the thing. going to sleep. I, yeah, that is. Uh, but a 20-minute nap gets me what I need to keep going. Yeah. And so I can I can sleep four hours a night, and if I get 20 minutes that day, I'm good. But 20 minutes is all I need just to get going again. Right now, if you went out there and jumped in the pool, what music are you cutting on? What are you feeling right now? You know, uh, well, I don't know when the, when the girls will be home. Yeah. So uh, I would probably, you're going to laugh, but the go-to here is Pandora Journey Radio. Okay. Now, that's not my... my, my that's when the fam jam's here. You've never heard me even talk about Journey. No. But for whatever reason, Pandora's Journey Radio plays stuff that almost everybody's like, oh, I like this song. Okay. Uh, so that's a pro tip. But years ago, and you remember this, there was a website in town called Huntsville Confessions. <laughs> And it was where guys would get on there and just sort of spill their guts about something they knew that they were not supposed to know. It was an anonymous board. It was anonymous. And you could just make random postings. like. And so, you know, guys would get on there, I cheat on my wife. And, you know, or I, I know I, so-and-so, and he's cheating on his wife. Whatever. I stole this. I yeah. Whatever. Well, then one of the posts was, I deliver food to Conrad Thompson's house, and he always wants it delivered around back. And he's always got a bunch of people in his pool, and he's drunk singing Tom Petty songs. <laughs> and I thought, man, that's the greatest thing ever. And I wanted to like print it and frame it because I thought it was tremendous. But then, of course, somebody said, "Hey, we can't be doing this and shut the site down." I shut the website down. But uh, yeah, the 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 confession was that I like to uh, drink in my backyard and listen to Tom Petty songs. Yeah, that was the running joke for a while. Is if he ever came over and heard. Tom Petty on Conrad was drunk, and the reality is, I do love Tom Petty. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's I, not all you listen. To. I can't deny. No, you know it's funny because I'm trying to get Tony Schiavone into rap a little more. You have you've done a good job of that, by the way. Yeah, he calls himself Three Chains. Yes. and he wears three necklaces, and he's got CZ earrings. I mean, so he doesn't like Kodak Black. No, that's the thing that gets me though is, I thought he would get that Kodak Black is a gimmick. Yeah, and he would love it, but. He didn't. He gravitated to two chains, which I'm not mad about, as you know. You know, one of our favorites. Uh, do we want to tell everybody that you and I went to a two chains concert once, and he took pictures of us? Yeah, we were on his Snapchat. That's we were. So here's the deal: we uh, <laughs> for Cassio's birthday a few years ago, I bought tickets to see two chains. And at the time, my wife lived in North Carolina, and I would just go visit her on the weekends, and she would come down here on the other weekends, and. Cassio and Judy had never been up to North Carolina. So I said, oh, this will be fun. Let's get these tickets in Charlotte, and uh, we'll go see the show and make a weekend out of it. So that was the plan. And then we, when we bought the tickets, bought like the upgraded, you get a meet and greet with it. Mm -hmm. And we 
stupidly thought, well, the meet and greet's beforehand. Surely it's beforehand. It's not. So we were told we needed to get there early and get in line and blah, blah, blah. And we think we're there to get in line for the meet and greet, but we're not. We're just in there to get in line for the concert. So we're there. Because it's standing room only. And the gimmick was if you get there early, you can stand at the front of the stage. Well, we didn't want to do that for the next four hours. No. I, I wanted to do the meet and greet, see the songs, <laughs> dip. Uh, so instead, we get there, find a table, or upgrade to a table, whatever, bought a table, so we're chilling at the table for hours, and it is hours. 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 And so we just drink. It was two hours before the concert started. And then he's got 18 jabroni acts. Yes. None of which we've ever heard. They all think they're super over. <laughs> Until young Dolph got over. Er- Literally, though, one after another, they all come out there thinking they're fucking Stone Cold Steve Austin <laughs> in 1998. Nobody in the crowd has any fucking idea who they are or what they're saying no. or their song. It's just awful. Um, just dead silence in the crowd. No one cares. And then 2 Chains comes out, and he had just broken his leg. So now he's going to do the concert in a gold wheelchair. In a wheelchair, yeah. With a nurse, you know. Yes. Sexy nurse pushing him around the stage. Yes. And just drops napalm on everybody. It's great. But by the time the show's over, we've been drinking five hours. Long time. Long time. Not like sipping drinking, but like concert pounding drinking. Yeah. And we were so lit that by the time we get up there for the meet and greet, because we were not in a hurry at that point to get into the meet and greet. (laughs) We got to sober up a little, but we're not anywhere close. Uh, we're at the back of the line for the meet and greet, and when we finally get up there, we have wilded out in line so much that two chains Snapchats us. <laughs> we were so drunk that we amused him, and he put us on his Snapchat, and you couldn't believe it the no. next morning. People started calling us or texting and sending screenshots. Two Chains concert yeah, last night in, in North Carolina. Like, what? How do you know that? Two Chains at the Fillmore. Are you there? I'm like, what? I don't it's know not like we're about. posting pictures of that. No, so, no. But they knew. And we're like, how the fuck do you know? And then we go to his Snapchat story. Oh, we're all over it. <laughs> it's just all, what up, fam? You know, just us coming in hot. Super hot. And what's funny is when we get up there, of course, I'm like, I want to sit in the wheelchair. <laughs> we had to get fixed in the wheelchair. And they got, us, they got me a wheelchair and I got to sit. It was, what's going on in our life? I gotta find the wheelchair big. I gotta post. That might be the the pick for this podcast. Is just us in the wheelchairs. I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. I'm in no condition to be photographed at that point. Well, I don't know if I have yours, so you might be in the clear. How about the time earlier this year we went to Birmingham? There was a house show canceled, and we went to Birmingham, and uh, we met at a Landry's, and we started drinking. <laughs> And then Are you like to tell who we partied with? We were talked into going to the hotel with our our friends. Our friends. A mixer. So, and so we go to the hotel and as we're on the way, I'm like, Why are we going? And they were like, Oh, it's time for the mixer. <laughs> and this particular brand of hotel had free beer, meat and cheese and wine for like an hour. And that's how they promoted it. Free beer, meat and cheese and wine. And so I'm talking about this is like lunchables. Yeah. And like beer that the tap is way fucked up and it's got way too much air in the line. Just spewing out bubbles. Nothing but suds. Yeah. And 
the lady there recognized our friends yes as being real big deals yeah and instead of us having to go get these what is essentially like what they give you at the dentist to use scope with <laughs> right those little baby cups little dixie cups yeah tiny ones though yeah um they gave us two pictures yeah they there. were like we saw y'all struggling so here you go and we we also love your work and so then after that, I'm like, well, guys, now that we've been drinking, I really wish we would have ate at Landry's. We need to get something to eat. I got you covered. We went to the Walmart, they say, <laughs> and they brought food to cook yeah. in the room. And I think they're just fucking around. They're not. Yeah, because when you say cook in a hotel room, You're there's like, not what? many options. No, what are you talking about? No, we got a real suite that's got a kitchenette. It's got pots and pans and the whole deal. I'm like, well, what are you cooking? Oh, it's going to be the best hamburger you ever had in your life. So I'm thinking, <laughs> uh, we'll fucking see. So we go in there, and there is a, a decorated champion of champions cooking, bragging about his chef skills. <laughs> decorated and and his, his version of cooking <laughs> is a hamburger patty that he is now holding against the bottom of a crock pot <laughs> with his finger. Oh, Am I wrong? And what's great is we hung out with these fucking guys probably eight hours, <laughs> and the duration they only referred to you as the driver. Yeah, because I, I, they weren't ready to hang out with us when we first got to the steakhouse. Yeah, me and you and your wife were at the steakhouse, and they said we're ready to go, and you said, "Hey, look, take my car, go pick them up," which was. You know, two doors down, basically. I go pick them up, drove them back. Well, then it was time to go. You're like, just drive us over to the hotel. So, in their head, I lit, I did. Well, I was the driver. They knew it was your car, though. It is the best, though, because I still think, to this day, they think you're the driver. <laughs> so, when it was time to leave, they're like, dude, your driver's the best. And you're like, my driver? Who's my driver? And like, that guy. Is your driver coming with us? Like, yeah, that's the whole night was, hey, he's the driver. Yeah. I hope I see him again. So like I want him to call me the driver. Well, on the way home is when I realized that I had overdone it. And, uh, <laughs> that's when I realized I had overdone it. You're driving. I'm riding shotgun. And uh, I believe Joey Chestnut would refer to it as a reversal of fortune. Wow, you're you're pulling the curtain back. I like I it. I threw up all over myself. Uh, yeah, you announced that we needed to and go said, ahead and get stationary, and, and we I couldn't said, get it. Hey, in man, time. pull over. Yeah. And you said what? And I said pull over. And you said, all right, I'm gonna be at this exit. And I said, nah, I need to pull over now. <laughs> and you were like, okay, I'm gonna get. I'm like now. And then, boom. Yeah, I'm like I'm going pretty fast down the so, interstate. So at that point. Uh, I, when you did pull over, mm -hmm. I had to make a decision and I made it. Yeah. I pulled my wallet out on my, on my pants mm -hmm. and popped my, watch, watch pop my watch off. Yeah. And then I got ass naked on Interset 65. Yeah. I was looking to see if there was, uh, napkins and you said there was a possible shirt in the back. There was a roll of paper towels, allegedly, in the right. back seat. So I looked in the back, and by the time I came around to the front... I was I was naked. 
but my favorite is that you're already back in the car with your seatbelt on. Well, we had we 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 had to get to work. <laughs> this was a this was a Tuesday night. <laughs> I had to be on the radio at seven. You had to be at the studio at six. It's one. We have to go. I said, "What's the plan?" And you go, "You got another one?" And I went, "No, no, I don't." You went, "Well, let's ride then." So somewhere on Interstate 65, uh, there's the ultimate Conrad Thompson collectible. <laughs> That's all out there. Uh, a button-down shirt, a real nice gray sweater, and I, I really wish I remembered that it was that gray sweater because I would not have let that one go. Say, you were looking good that night before we started. A real nice pair of Carter and Buck jeans, <laughs> pair of Allen Edmonds shoes. Just donated it to the god. I kept my wallet. I got a real nice wallet for Christmas. We got home and I said, "Hey, man, that trunk's gonna be smelling with your clothes." And you're like, "There, there's nothing in the trunk. I can't put that in the trunk." I'm like. What do you mean? What'd you do with your stuff? And you're like, it's it's right there on the interstate. I, I wasn't ready for you to just leave it. And you're like, well, I'm not putting it in the trunk. Well, because it's my wife's car. <laughs> That's the thing that we missed in this whole deal. Yeah, my wife had a real badass Audi uh, S6. It was a real nice car. I mean, it had the macked out interior, had the matte white wrap on the house. It was awesome. Uh, but I vomited all over that Sunday. <laughs> So fast forward three days and I have a car payment. She got a Range Rover. <laughs> so every time I see those guys, I'm like, Hey man, have you seen my new Range Rover? Yeah. I have a car payment now. <laughs> I just remember you going, well, we had to take the dealer. And it's like, it smells like a crime scene. In here. Yeah. I mean, it had rubber floor mats, which I guess helped some, but yeah, that, that was the last time. <laughs> If I'm honest with you, that's the last time I've drank like that. Yeah, no, that. Well, we, and here's we, the thing: it slipped up on me because we didn't eat. We didn't I was not, eat. I wasn't eating finger hamburgers. We t- we thought that they were uh, they were coming over there instantly, and they did not. They got held up, which right. held our night up. Sure. It was which happens every now and then. You don't eat; it messes you. Well, up. That's not their fault. I did it to myself. I'm just saying. This is what it's like being my friend. It's. <laughs> It's got, am I more high maintenance than any of your other friends? No. I think I gotta be. No, what are you, because you, why Why were you high maintenance? You just threw up on yourself. Well, that's true. As my wife would say, we've all been there. That's true. That is a Judy <laughs> trademark. <laughs> we've all been there. I just feel like that's, uh, yeah, I think I'm, I gotta be your most high maintenance friend. Who, who's your friend that's more high maintenance? I don't have any friends. Oh, well, that makes it easy. <laughs> I'm both your most high-maintenance and your least high-maintenance friend. Yeah, you get all the records. You get all the records. All right, dude. What the, what do we got? Are you in a rush? I mean, we, we've been going a long time. We better wrap you up. No, I'm not in a rush. You're used to long podcasts. I am, and I'm, we got some nothing but cakes here. Okay. Well, I'm on. I got all, six vanillas and six lemons. I'm all for a bunt cake. You know, I didn't know what, what kind of party this was, so. Well, let's go out with something controversial then. Okay, I'm ready. Let's do some kind of Mount Rushmore. All right. Oh, and I, I said I was going to add this to my podcast. I'm going to start asking everybody the same question at the end. What would be your last meal if you could pick it? Mm. So you can go home cooking for mama, a combination of both. Like I want this side particular side dish. From a specific restaurant, you can do whatever you want. What would be last meal going out? Because here's the thing people don't know about Conrad. 
Conrad used to crush filet mignon with the best of them. I, I gave up steak. And you yeah, literally one day we went out to eat and you went, hey, man, I don't, I don't eat filet mignon anymore. Not just filet mignon. I don't eat steak anymore. Really? And people are taken back by that. But, yeah, I mean, like I took I took my dad to Roost Chris for Father's Day, but I had chicken. And I took um, I took my mother-in-law to uh, Roost Chris for her 70th birthday, and I had a pork chop. I don't eat steak anymore. I'm, I'm almost two years off steak now. Has it been two years? It's over a year. I'm, I'm I'm marching towards two. Now don't get me wrong. If if you invite me over to a barbecue and you made steak, I'm not gonna be an asshole. I'm gonna eat it. Okay. Uh, and if my mom is like Conrad, will you make steaks for everybody? I mean, I will, and I'll eat one. But like, so it's not like you know I have some sort of reason to be off it. But you're at the restaurant when you can order anything you want. You're not getting a steak. I skipped the steak section. I. What I, happened? You just woke up and didn't like them anymore? What happened? I think it was my go-to for so long. No, not at all. I, I, you know, And even if I did, I wouldn't keep my fat ass from eating it. <laughs> I just, uh, I think, you know, if you ever had so much of something, you're just done. Like, you overdo it. <laughs> like, I had a friend who just, they literally ate Arby's every day for like 90 days. Jeez. And then they were like, I, I never want Arby's again. Right. Type deal. I guess that was me with filet. Like, you know, people. Uh, if I'm in Nashville, I'm going to the Palm. If I'm in Vegas, I'm going to uh, Vic and Anthony's. And it just became whatever town I was in, there was a steakhouse I always went to, and I always got the same. I mean, thing. that was the jam. We could sit down and order filet if you were running late without even consulting with you. We knew get Conrad a filet medium rare. He's gonna be happy. We're good to go. Uh, and then I just decided I've had. I don't like it. I don't like the taste. I don't like the texture. I don't, I'm over it. I don't want it. So I'm, I'm done. Now that being said, you know, uh, we, we made you a steak burrito. Okay. But I, I'm not going to complain. I'm not You're protest, not anti-steak. But I'm not going to order it. You're not actively ordering it. Anymore. I'm never going to order it. You won't see me order it. I'm not ordering it. Why are you getting aggressive? I, well, because pe- people fucking get mad about it because they think I'm working a gimmick. There's no steak <laughs> gimmick. I'm just not fucking eating it. And so, like, when I was in Vegas, you know, for that the two-week hell that was Starcast, every day, you know, somebody's like, let's go to this steak house. Okay. I'm not eating it. <laughs> like, like tonight, the girls want to go to Texas Day Brazil. They don't know this. I made the reservation for seven. There's eight of us. You're not going? I ain't going. It's a fucking steakhouse, man. It's just one steak after. I don't want it. The bread looked like a penis head, though. Yeah, well, I, I would eat that. I guess we should tell everybody from my bachelor party. <laughs> <laughs> we should explain that. Let's just threw it out there. We we got edibles. First of all, we didn't know it, but I Airbnb'd Nicholas Cage's apartment. You did. I didn't know that till I was there. And uh, everybody that worked there went, "Oh, you're staying in Nick Cage's apartment." Literally. And we're like, what are you talking about? I just knew it was badass, and it was a penthouse, and it had the it little was a deal. G- had the gimmick hanging the pool or hot tub, or whatever, hanging off the side, and it looked awesome. And it had a pool table. I'm like, man, this is the spot for a bachelor party. Bunch of dudes in. coming in here. It's perfect size. Great. Yeah, so we're in Nicholas Cage's, and we got edibles, and uh, it's legal there. So we would just take these bags of edibles and just sit them in the middle of the table, almost like it was. You know, bread for the table. <laughs> and somebody made the observation that the little muffin size 
uh, bite-sized pieces of bread that they bring you at um, Texas Day Brazil resembled the head of a penis. Where our buddy Rotten Crunch was, he was focused on it. And I saw how he was looking at the bread like it was the greatest invention ever. And did he point it out or did you? I pointed it out. And I said, what are you doing? And he goes, these are delicious. Well, they are. And, and once we knew how good they tasted, we all smashed them. But one by one, as we picked them up, we saw the same thing that you saw. I said, yeah, you, while you're eating that, just know that it looks like a penis head. And then somehow we decided we were going to turn it into a song. Correct. And I made my song Farajaka. He did. And you made your song like Pour Some Sugar on Me or something like that. Yeah, mine was an 80s rock song, and you went to Farajaka. Bread looks like a penis head. <laughs> And because we had all eaten edibles, I thought this was the funniest thing I'd ever heard. And I just repeated that <laughs> for the entire weekend. I mean, I wore it out like a new song. And and you were doing it like a rock song. Here's my, here's my bread, looking like a penis head. Shut up and up and down. So I don't prefer that version. Yeah, mine was aggressive for being on edibles. Bread looks like a penis head. And then so for Rotten Crotch's birthday... We sent him a cameo from Riff Raff, the rapper. <laughs> I forgot about that. And he's uh, a <laughs> penis. And we got him to say, Brad looks like a penis head. Thanks for staying for Yeah, he's like, it's not good as Del Antonio's bread, but it doesn't look like a penis head. It's the wild. We have a good group of friends, and we do dumb shit together. Uh, so the last meal, you know, what's funny is I think about a joke. I just recently saw a cartoon joke that got passed around. And uh, it was a man going down on a lady, and there's a <laughs> cop over his shoulder. And he said, sorry, this is what he asked for, for his last meal. <laughs> and I don't know why, but when you said last meal, I'm like, fuck, is that where that joke came from? <laughs> like, is that the reason it popped up? But no, I think uh, you're saying I can go just any wide range of combination yeah. of foods. Oh, whatever. yeah. Okay. Uh, What's the entree? Well, there's going to be multiple pieces of that. Okay. I might have fried chicken from G's Country Kitchen here in town. That's here, that's here uh, soul food place here in Huntsville, Alabama. Yeah. Fantastic food. And I might, uh, I might also. Breast, huh? What are you going A breast. Okay. And I might also have a single, not a double, from Shake Shack. Or. A single cheeseburger. Or a cheeseburger from. Uh, Peter Luger's in Brooklyn. Okay. I think those are the two best cheeseburgers I've ever had. And then I think I might do a piece of pizza from Joe's in Manhattan. Okay. This is entree heavy so far. I like it. I mean, Are you going to mess with sides or are you going all straight entrees like that? You know, if I was going to have sides, I, I, like, I might have like uh Like I don't see, me and you go out, we joke about my love for mashed potatoes. No, but you eat it every meal. Um, like before we recorded today, uh, you tried to pull the woman, oh, I don't care where we eat. And I'm like, well, fucking pick something. Like, I don't care, whatever you want. And so then I'm like, okay, fine. I'm going to make you. I'm going to give you three choices and you <laughs> pick one. And you picked Longhorn. 
And I didn't know it, but you don't go to Longhorn, so you didn't know what was good. And I said, these three things, everything else sucks. Get one of these three. And you did. Yeah, sure. But the side, I didn't even hear what side you ordered, but when I sat it down, I was like, what the fuck was I thinking? Like, I wasn't sure you were getting mashed potatoes. (laughs) This is a guy who two years ago for your birthday, I had Roos Chris make you a tray of mashed potatoes and in gravy write, happy birthday, Cassio. Yeah. Had a mashed potato bar at my wedding. I mean, it's, it's game on. I mean, so, but but so, I, I was well, I said that to say, I don't. When I think of Conrad, I don't think he's going to nail that side every time. Like no. you're not a fry. I mean, you like sides, but you're not like, hey, you know, he's got the greatest French fries. No, you know those you French fries. You make fun of me a little bit because whenever we do find ourselves at like a fast food situation, I go two sandwiches, no fries. Yeah, you go. You don't go fries a lot. I, I just I feel like it's a waste. Oh, uh, I would also get a. Uh, uh, a soft taco from Rosie's, like the breakfast sausage, egg, and cheese. Okay. I think that's all I would get. So I'd have a, a soft taco, I'd have a cheeseburger, I'd have a piece of pizza, and I'd have a chicken breast. That's my last meal. You sure you don't want a fly? I definitely don't want a fly. <laughs> and a fly have, have you heard about my uh, my seafood situation in Houston? Share it with the listeners. So here's why there's no seafood. Because for years and years, every time you and I went out, we got a seafood tower. Like if we're in Vegas and it's like, you know, party town or whatever, and there's four of us or six of us or eight of us, I'm going to get the biggest damn seafood tower there is. We want some calamaries and some all kind of fishes and everything. So I did that at Vic and Anthony's in Houston, Texas in November of 2017. And... Um, Houston had just won the World Series, and Josh Reddick was going to be our surprise guest on a live something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. The night before, I took Bruce and his wife, me and my wife, Dave, and a couple other folks. There's like eight of us. Dave Silva. Yeah, Dave Silva. Out to dinner. And Vic and Anthony's is my favorite in Vegas, and I have one in Houston, so I said, oh, that's what we're doing. So we do. I get the big seafood tower. Knockout dinner. Oh, this is fun. You'll like this. I come in, uh, and I've got on my favorite loafers. You know which ones, the blue suede. Mm-hmm. And I got my shorts like a like it, and I got a Robert Graham shirt, and they tell me that I'm not dressed appropriately. Okay. And I'm like. So your shoes cost probably more than all of their outfits combined. I mean. Let's just call it. And, <laughs> and that you're not dressed appropriately. And I, Robert Graham, it's a $200 shirt, it's $100 shorts, it's $600 shoes, it's a Rolex. Like, what do you mean I'm not dressed appropriately? What do you want, a blazer in the middle of summer? And so they want me, that's the thing, they didn't want that. They, I had to wear pants. I didn't know that was a thing. Oh. And so they said, we have pants you can wear. And I said, you don't have pants that'll fit. Pants you can wear? And they were like, yeah, we do. And I'm like, hang on, so you're going to give me pants, like out of the fucking lost and found, and that's the only way... I can give you $200 a plate in here. And they're like, yeah. I said, well, fuck it. Fine by me. So they give me pants. And, of course, they don't fit. But they at least get over my thighs. So I walk on the pants. Every step, I'm walking on the pants. And they're like, that's fine. Because you covered up your legs. I covered up my legs. So I walk to the place and I sit <laughs> to my table. And as soon as I get there, and everybody's looking. And I'm strutting that ass. I'm putting on a show. Because I'm so... So you got your shorts on, and then the pants barely come up to your shorts. Yes. Yes. And it's I'm, like you're busting a sag now. And every... But here's the thing. My feet are not sticking out of the bottom of the pants. I'm walking on them <laughs> every step. And when I get to the table, I take my pants off. 
and I hang my pants from the light fixture behind me. <laughs> That's when they knew who I was. And I am sure that they <laughs> went. <laughs> I gave that they gave me a bad oyster. On purpose? I think so. I pick up the tab. It was my treat. I invited everybody out. It's my responsibility. No problem. Go to dinner. I mean, go go back to the hotel. I'm in bed less than 90 minutes. And I get up, go to the bathroom. I feel like I'm going to throw up. So I kneel down and go to throw up. And when I do, it's both ends. Oh, no. And uh, as, as our buddy would say, at the same damn time? At the same damn time. And I'm sleeping naked. But I'm going... I'm coming and going same time, oh. both places. And you're on one knee down there at the. I'm on the... both knees. Oh no! Bent over the toilet in a hotel. In a hotel, it's a nice one too. And I have, I've, I've, as a friend of yours would say, embarrassed myself. <laughs> and I sound pathetic because everything's coming out, so you know it's like Ugh. a lot of noise. Enough for her to hear. You, which is, you're not married. At I'm this not married point. yet. So you still got I work. To I'm do. not even engaged yet. Oh no! And I hear her start to move to come to help, and mm. and I come out of my poor pitiful me mode and yell, "Don't come in here!" <laughs> and I turn around and reassess. First of all, I feel liquid on my legs. Oh no! This is not good. But I reassess and I see. I've made a mess on the floor, but it's worse. I have rooster tailed up the wall. <laughs> you know how when you see like a jet ski going and it throws it real high behind? Yeah. Big rooster tail. That, I've done that with, with Dookie. <laughs> on the wall. As high as I can reach. So now I take every fucking towel that's in there and clean it up. And as soon as I get done... I do it again. Now, this time, I at least realize I'm going both ways. So, I'm seated on the toilet, and I'm throwing up in the trash can. Ugh. And when I get done with that, I wind up having to use the ice bucket. And that's the reason I will never use an ice bucket in the hotel room. I have not used an ice bucket since. you threw up in the ice bucket. Threw up in there. I couldn't help it. It was, it was coming out. It's the sickest I've ever been. Megan set her clock to it. And every four, <laughs> every 40 minutes... It happened again. Both ends? Every 40 minutes. A double dribble every 40 minutes. Even when there's nothing there, it's just bile. But every 40 minutes. It was oh. the sickest I've ever been. To the point that we do the show the next day. I'm trying to power through the meet and greets, but it is not fun. But when we're on stage, it happened on stage twice. I would just get up, walk off stage, go backstage to the toilet, vomit and throw up. I mean, vomit and shit. And then walk back out on the stage. So Bruce saying. knew what was happening. But Bruce so he, knew what was going on. He just on. let you slip off without making a big deal on everything. What, what am I supposed to do? Right. I mean, I, I'm not going. Well, I, if you were at the Houston I, meet and greet, I needed those pictures posted to see how you're probably white as a ghost. Oh, it's bad. You see pictures of me and Reddit because he did some pictures with us backstage and, and he listened to the show and loved wrestling and blah, blah, blah. And he was a super nice guy. But, you know, Bruce is like, oh, we need to make this one of our profile pictures. I'm like, I look like warmed over asshole. <laughs> I can't do that. I mean, not that I normally look good, but you know what I mean. So, uh, 
it was a situation to say the least and i wanted to die but you know if i would have if i wouldn't have left the stage and i would have been vomiting and shitting on stage we just would have called it the aristocrats <laughs> it's a deep cut for Corey. so uh I, as a rule of thumb now i've not eaten seafood out of town not once since november of 2017 i've had zero oysters uh, zero uh, I have had lobster, but I don't eat lobster when I'm out of town. If I'm at my house, I'll do it. But if I, when I was in Vegas, no seafood. You're losing food. You're now you're out on steak and seafood now. Here's why life. though. I don't want I don't want my trip to be, uh, not my trip. I don't want Megan's trip to be affected at risk. So the only place I've eaten seafood when I'm out of town, and I, this is not, it's not a spot, is Jimmy's Famous Seafood. Right. Because you can't go there and not eat it. Like, I'm not going to go there and say, I want a cheeseburger, which I'm sure would be great, but still. If, I mean, if that's John, what, if it's John's, famous seafood. If John's going to bring me crab cakes, what am I going to do? Say, oh, fuck you, I'm not eating it. No, <laughs> you got to eat it. Sort of like if I come to your house when you eventually invite me to your house. Um, if you're cooking steaks, I'm going to eat it. I'm not cooking steaks. I got the hint. No, no. There I'm, will be no steaks at my house. Let me just tell you, I will eat it. I, I, I got to try to pay you back because you made, you made one of the best burgers we've ever had upstairs. I don't know if you remember that. I do. On the big green, on the on the big old smoker up there. The, yeah, the big green egg. Well, I, you know, here's the other thing too. Since we're talking about this, big green egg's a gimmick. It's just a komodo, and as long as it's a komodo, it doesn't matter. People are so in love with that fucking big. And I got a big green egg down here, but I got a vision grill upstairs. That's why I paused. I and, couldn't remember what you. And had you got upstairs. some sort of like Bubba grill or some shit, right? Yeah, yeah. I got an acorn. Yeah. Whatever. It's all the same fucking it's thing. It's all the smoker. It's all the same thing. The egg if smoker. you've got a Samoto, a komodo style grill, it's the same. Yeah. You know, you're just paying for that fucking name. I was looking. A guy in my office was look, looking at one today, and he's like. I think I got it outfitted for $2,100, his big green egg. And I said, are you fucking serious? He's like, yeah, you got one. I was like, no, I do. I'm not a fucking idiot. <laughs> Here's the deal. Give me $1,500. Give me your $2,100, and I'll get you a badass grill and $1,500 back. <laughs> it's like, what are you talking about? I was like, you can get the most badass Komodo you need for 600 bucks. Yeah. You don't need this fucking, oh, but I need the nest and the tables. All the other ones come with it. Only Big Green Egg hits you over the fucking head for that. Don't do that. It tastes the fucking same. Yeah, but all my friends have a Big Green Egg. That's stupid. Don't do that. Keeping up with the Joneses. It is a little. It's like buying an Escalade when you can buy a Denali. And don't get me wrong. I get it. But uh, you kind of buy the same truck. <laughs> you kind of are. Uh, well, before we get out of here, real quick. Live promo. They've already heard the commercial if they got this far, but we are going to be doing the live Tony podcast coming up in just a few days. Yeah, this is probably the last run for Tony on live shows. I'm what? Like, yep. He, uh, he's discouraged, doesn't want what? to do them anymore. So this is probably the, the last two live shows. What are you doing to us? Tony says he doesn't think he's very good at it, and uh, he's disappointed that when Bruce and I would go out, you know, we'd sell – five or 600 tickets and when me and him go out we sell 100 and he's like i'm fucking done and i'm like no tony we had low sales here because i've been hammering starcast and nothing else normally all this promotional stuff falls on me and i fucking drop the ball this time i was promoting starcast so we had 11,973 people at starcast and we're gonna have 
hundred and change in St. Louis and a hundred and change in Baltimore. But try as I might, I couldn't get 11,973 people to come see me and you in one of those cities. So I just focused on Starcast. And that's on me. So next time when we do live shows, we won't do them so fucking close to a Starcast. Well, if anybody can talk you into him keeping doing shows, we've known it's you. Uh, but I'm not going to try. You got to try. No, I don't have to. Here's the thing. He's almost, uh, he has the craziest schedule ever, you know, between MLW, between baseball, between basketball, between football, between podcasts, between a radio show. And he's got so many fucking grandkids. He's popping them out every other day. If he didn't want to do live shows anymore, I'm not going to make him. (sighs) There's no way to change it. Well, here's what's going to happen. Says he doesn't want to do it again. And then he goes to St. Louis and has fun. And then he goes to Baltimore and has fun. And John's going to roll out the red carpet because that's what John does. And then he'll be like, man, we got to go do that again. Well, here's what I want to do. I want to do this. I want to take him to Kowloon. Have you been to Kowloon before? I haven't even been to Jimmy's Famous Seafood. It's right outside of Boston. It's an old wrestling haunt. Every wrestler ever has been there. But it's, uh, it's Asian food, and it's tremendous. And Andy up there just takes great care of everybody. It's very similar to the Jimmy's Famous Seafood deal. It's tremendous. So we got to do that gimmick. Uh, everybody and their brother is trying to get me to uh, come to Toronto. We've got inquiries right now from uh, New Jersey and one in Philadelphia. And then there's one in um, Denver. So Tony's in demand. He's just, I don't know if I want to do it. And I'm like, ah. I mean, I don't know what to do with that. Well, he'll, he's going to have a fun time this weekend, like you said. Well, change gonna, his mind. We're going to try to kill him, though. I mean, I know me and you. <laughs> like, I was even asking you earlier, like, hey, are you coming in Saturday or Friday? And you were like, when are you going? I was like, fuck, man, my mother-in-law's in town. I'm going Friday. <laughs> I'm going to have fun Friday with my buddy Dave. Uh, so we're going to have fun. Tell them how they can get tickets. We got St. Louis and Baltimore yeah. the same weekend. St. Louis is on sale right now at TonyandConradLive.com. Uh, and you can come see us at off Broadway. Uh, everybody in St. Louis tells me it's a shithole. I've been there before. I, I don't think it's a shithole, but I mean, I don't know St. Louis, but here's what I do know. We're going to make you laugh in that shithole. So come to off Broadway. You won't get stabbed. I've been there twice. No, no <laughs> puncture wounds. <laughs> Uh, tickets are 30 something bucks, but you'll be there. So we're going to have That's June 22nd. June 22nd. This if you're Saturday. You're listening to that the week of June 22nd. June 22nd. This Saturday, TonyandConradLive.com. And then the next day, uh, we're getting up at the crack of fuck and getting to Baltimore for a matinee show on Sunday at Jimmy's Famous Seafood. And Can't wait. Jimmy's Famous Seafood is tremendous. Um, rumor and innuendos, I got something big going down there on Monday. We're going to be there for that too. I'm really excited about it. Uh, I love it. Uh, I don't know that we've talked about this. My ex-wife lives in Baltimore. You never met her. No, I have not. Did you even know I was married before? No. That's yeah. why I just looked at you that way. Okay. Well, yeah, I was married <laughs> in 2006. Is that going to be an issue? Do I need to edit that out? No. Not, no issue at all. <laughs> no, I, didn't I was know married in 05, divorced in 06. We were together six years. I don't know and, if I ever and knew that. We were only married for like 11 months, but she's up there. No, she's doing great. Uh, remarried a guy, had a couple of kids, and, and settled down in Baltimore. So, How about it? Yeah. I might see if she wants to come by and have some uh, have some uh, of the best crab cakes in the world with uh, with Cassio Kid and Tony Schiavone. Well, I only booked the gig because it was ending up at Jimmy's Famous Seafood. Well, of course. I mean, here's the thing. I'm still in StarCast Hell a little bit. 
and I would like nothing more than to not go anywhere. <laughs> but the idea that I get to go to St. Louis and hang out with Dave, and I get to go to Baltimore and hang out with John, okay, I'm in. So, uh, tickets one more time. The website for St. Louis is? TonyandConradLive.com. That's June 22nd. The following day, June 23rd, if you're listening to this current day, uh, will be the tickets for Jimmy's Famous Seafood is at? WhatHappenedWhenLive.com. Uh, and that'll be the live What Happened When podcast. Conrad Thompson, Tony Schiavone, who is also on a podcast, of course. And I'll be hoping, uh, opening up the show and then going out in the crowd and uh, getting uh, questions from everybody. And it's, I'm going to tell you, we, we've done a few of them, and they're, it's such a just a fun time. It is fun because, you know, Tony is an entertainer, whether he wants to admit it or not. He's fascinating when he gets on the mic. It's, he captivates everybody. He goes from make and mild behind the scenes and oh i'll do whatever and blah 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 when he gets on stage and he's standing it doesn't happen for him when he's seated but when he's standing <laughs> something happens he transforms i mean i've seen him like do a strip tease take his shirts off and uh but the way he talks to people and raises his voice and speaks very matter-of-factly and has strong opinions yeah I mean, he gets down in people's face, fuck you. And it's like, <laughs> this is not the Tony who was just, please, mother, may I, sugar wouldn't melt in his mouth. Can I tell you an underrated thing on y'all's podcast? Well, him in life. He he can make up a song on the spot that's pretty legit. He does really good parody songs. You know what's weird, fast. though, is I, you, know, you and I have gone through a phase where, uh, and you would participate some, but I do that all the time, but with dirty shit. <laughs> right. But it's never anything you can say out loud. Right. And Tony can do it clean. Well, mostly. He, well, yeah. Well, he wants to be dirty sometimes. But he no, he knows how to do funny songs on the spot and, and fit whatever music's playing. I mean, he is it, it kills me when he does it. <laughs> and he I, sings in person too. Oh, he's he can't wait. <laughs> it's funny because, you know, I was looking at here's a little peek behind the curtain. I was looking at scheduling you know, the show for StarCast 3, and I've got a rough idea of what I want, where, and when. I'm just trying to you gotta get agreements in place with everybody and things like that. And then once you do that, then you've got to make sure you've got the schedule right. So are they booked somewhere else? Can they make the flight in time? Will we have enough time for the transfer? You just got to make sure you got all that. And then who's producing and blah, blah, blah. That's not how that works. You just throw a bunch of wrestlers in a room, Conrad. Right. We all know that. So anyway, one of the things I, I had was, this was when I made the first schedule. I was like, man, there's no karaoke. And then I thought, well, fuck, we don't have to have karaoke. Just because we've had it two years in a row doesn't mean we have two shows in a row doesn't mean we have to have it. And then I'm like, no, actually, yeah, that is what that means because people have now come to expect it. So, like, we did the press conference for All In last year. Then we did the press conference for Double or Nothing. People expect the press conference yep. for whatever the big pay-per-view is to be there. Well, I think now, late night, people expect, not everybody, but – a certain segment of fans really look forward to singing with wrestlers. That's on the schedule. Doing a karaoke. I decided, I haven't even told Tony, Tony's going to host karaoke this year. Because <laughs> he loves fucking singing. He loves it. So why would we not? You know, I think everybody has just said, oh, that's that's Pat Patterson's gimmick or that's Bill After's gimmick. Well, that should be Tony Schiavone's gimmick. He legitimately loves singing. He does love singing. He so, does love singing. So we're going to do... And he's so good at improv and witty that he'd be a great host at it. So wh whoever just heard that, uh, you found out that Tony's doing Starcast Karaoke before he did. <laughs> uh, but it'll be Thursday night this year because Tony's got to leave us Friday evening because he's calling football 
Of course, he's Georgia's playing Austin P or some <laughs> bullshit that Saturday. So you only get to see Tony this year at StarCast on Thursday or Friday. He won't be there Saturday or Sunday. All right. Well, thank you, buddy. I'll let you get back to slinging mortgages for a few more hours, and then you got to record a pod, and then you got to do something else. Well, what's the rush? Well, we got these Buntinis. Well, no, me and you's going to eat those. Have you seen the Buntinis before? I didn't want to do it on the mic. Are you in the loop on what this is? It's a tiny Bunt cake. It is a tiny Bunt cake, but have you seen them? Well, I've seen their tiny Bunt cakes. Are these tinier? Yeah, so they make like a regular small version. And yeah. These are like cupcake versions. Oh, they're even tinier than they're the regular even, These are bite-sized little gimmicks. And There's this place you got them from in Huntsville. Their gimmick is bunt cakes. No, nothing bunt cakes is a chain. Oh, is it a chain? Yeah. Yeah, so they have, they're smaller, like personal size bunt cake. And look, they trashed them on the delivery. Look at that. Way to go, Grub South, you fucks. <laughs> You're goddamn best customer and you bring me this shit all fucked up. I gotta send a picture of this out just so people who are listening can see it. Look at that, it's fucking wrecked. It looks like Big Booty Judy on her honeymoon. <laughs> Take a picture of that. Did I slap that and say I'm talking about hard? <laughs> Did I slap that one? Dude, I don't even know what's going on. Oh, yeah, I'm taking it. That looks like Big gotta... Booty Judy on her honeymoon. <laughs> Defeated. She's... Oh, yeah. Oh, that's not a good look. No, she's gonna hit you with. We've all been there. Yeah, we have. We've all been. But there. yeah, I didn't know uh, what's. I knew the girls were cream coming everywhere. Home. Things upside down. <laughs> it is what it is. Everything's in a pile. All right, buddy. Thanks for coming on, dude. Thanks for having. I really me. do appreciate it. Everybody's been asking when you're coming on. You think this podcast might last, Matt Coons? Uh, I hope so. How many? Do you know his record? I don't know his record. With episodes, like total episodes. It can't be many yet, can it? We should call and find out. <laughs> you got you to at least make it one past that, right? I got to go uh, that much. Uh, even if it's just interviewing him and telling him this is the episode that went further than his. I'm going to go here. You want a vanilla or a lemon? What are you going? I have vanilla. Okay. Let me get you this jacked up one right here. Actually, that's less jacked up than others. And, well, I was about to say, that looks pretty good. I'll see what you think. Well, it smells delicious. I'll see what you think. Mm. I got nothing but ice it's fantastic what's good call you the lemon I go lemon I'm a lemon guy you specifically ordered the lemon mm-hmm. it's my favorite one I didn't see that coming my favorite dessert's lemon pie is what lemon pie well, you didn't even have it on your last meal Oh, you, we just did entrees. There's desserts, too? I said you could have sides, whatever you want. You said sides. I thought you were trying to sell me on fucking... Oh, no, d- desserts are in. That's on your last meal. Oh, well, the ice cream cake from Dairy Queen's on there. <laughs> okay. And lemon pie? Is there a specific lemon pie? A lemon pie from Gibson's Barbecue. And that's here in Huntsville or out in North Alabama. Nothing from your mom. You love your mom's cooking. She ain't listening. <laughs> we can tell the truth. Mom's okay. <laughs> Mom doesn't mean broccoli casserole. Okay. Mom doesn't mean squash casserole. Mm-hmm. Mom's dressing's pretty good around Christmas. But last meal, you're going. Have you had mom's baked beans? I don't eat baked beans, but hers have brown sugar in it. Yeah. That's good. I don't fucking care for anything else my mom makes. <laughs> I mean, I love you, but nah. Now, now's when we're really better. Stop Did you know that my mom, uh, my mom had the stomach surgery? No. 
Yeah, she's down uh, 50-something pounds. Good gracious. I know, right? Is she going to try to talk you into it? No. Okay. I ain't doing it. Y'all listen. We'll not see Conrad next. No, listen. I, I've dropped some LBs, but it ain't from stomach stapling. It's from goddamn stress. <laughs> you know, it was a two-week run where you didn't see me eat, and you were like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> I was like, what kind of cancer do you got? <laughs> Just tell me. <laughs> so we can get it over with. And now, now we're in your basement at, in the afternoon eating blunt cakes. <laughs> well, you're back. No, Welcome back, buddy. In fairness, I did this to be a good host. Oh, so you're telling me you don't want to eat them? I, I thought it would be a fun bit. It's a great... Well, it's number one. You're the first guest that's had that I've had that fed me. See? Yeah. You win on that front. I'm, I'm your most high-maintenance friend. <laughs> All right, are you in? I'm fucking in. Conrad <laughs> Thompson is in. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We're out of here. I'm in another bunch of Want to hear more of Casio in between podcast episodes? You can listen to the Jimbo and Casio Morning Show live 6 to 10 a.m. Central on therocket951.com. A Knob Hill man would like to identify a woman he caught on camera multiple times pooping next to his home while she was on a morning jog. Here's a clip of the news story. Drops her pants and let's go. Puts her shorts back up without any wipe, nothing else. Oh. This is malicious fecal distribution. She She's come back multiple times. This is calculated. I'm dropping my pants as I'm running. If it happens again, I want to run out there with the hose and hose her down and say, bad human. i tell you what I'd do. I'd follow her one day when she jogged after she did it. Find out where she lived. Yeah. I'd take a poop right on the hood of her car, and I'd leave a note and say, I think this belongs to you. You left it at my house. That's what I'd do. The hood of her car. <laughs> Put it right under the windshield the note and go, you left this in my house. <laughs> I think this belongs to <laughs> Wow. Listen live online or download the Rocket app for your tablet or smartphone. Just search WRTT Rocket 95.1 in the Apple or Google Play Store.